Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 770 with Chef Will Mishka. Right. And, and it's not an attack on anybody else. Like, I don't want to outperform these this restaurant or that restaurant. It's more of like your own mental psyche right there. Like, I want to win personally in my mind, in my goals that I want to achieve in life. Are you ready for it? Factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then, join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. Streamline your clean faster than ever before with Ecolab Sink and Surface Cleaner Sanitizer. Ecolab's two-in-one sink and surface cleaner sanitizer is one product that can both clean and sanitize food contact surfaces in front of house, back of house, and the third sink. Like other EPA-registered food contact surface sanitizers, it helps protect against foodborne illness. To learn more, visit ecolab.com slash unstoppable or talk to your Ecolab representative. Insights, tools, and training to build a better restaurant, better business, and better life. That's what you get with restaurantowner.com. And honestly, as far back as I can remember over the past eight years, I think Restaurant Owner is probably the most recommended resource on the show for independent restaurant owners. And right now, I've struck a special deal with restaurantowner.com. When you join Restaurant Unstoppable Network, you get six months free access to restaurantowner.com. That's a great deal. Not to mention your first 30 days of Restaurant Unstoppable Networker on us. So what are you waiting for? Get on it. This episode is brought to you by Seven Shifts. Seven Shifts is a modern labor management platform designed by restaurateurs for restaurateurs. And Seven Shifts is trusted by over 400,000 restaurant professionals because it gives you the tools you need to streamline labor operations, communicate with your team, and retain your talent. And because you are Restaurant Unstoppable listeners, you get three months absolutely free. Get started at www.sevenshifts.com slash unstoppable that's the number seven s-h-i-f-t-s dot com slash unstoppable to get three months of industry leading labor management for free what's going on unstoppables we have a great show for you today but before we hit play on today's episode please let me remind you how you can support this mission to inspire empower and transform the industry you can use my sponsors it's that simple uh even if you're not in the position right now to be investing in these tools and services, go to the show notes, click the links and show them that you're paying attention, that you're listening and that you're that, that these ads are piquing your interest. I'll use the links for my affiliates. So sometimes tools and services are recommended organically on the show. I reach out to those tools and services and say, Hey, can I please resell your tools and services? And they often say yes. So if there's a tool or service you heard about on the show, email me, Eric at restaurant Let me know you're interested. I'll introduce you and probably get you the best rate out there. So it's a win, win, win situation. We're helping the tools and services that are being recommended on the show. You're getting hooked up with the best deals and, and you're supporting the podcast. Cause I get a commission when I introduce you and then leave a review view on iTunes or Stitcher radio. Uh, those reviews really help with my rankings. And uh, right now I'm at the top. I want to stay at the top. So please leave a review and then share this sucker. If you're finding value, which I know you are because you keep coming back, share these episodes and be sure to tag me at Eric E R I C 
C-A-C-C-I-A-T-O-R-E with the hashtag Restaurant Unstoppable. I want to make sure I am thanking you for sharing this stuff. Uh, it, it means so much to me, and I would love to know who you guys are. So let's share this sucker. And then lastly, the best way to support this podcast is through joining the network for $30 a month and you'll get your first month on me. You get access to my network and to other restaurant unstoppable listeners across the world, sharing information, sharing knowledge, inspiring each other. And my vision for restaurant unstoppable has always been to serve. And I believe that if I'm able to help enough other people open their restaurants someday, I'll be able to do it on my own. And the, the way that I hope to open my restaurants is by using this podcast and the network to invest in people and myself to open my own restaurant. So when you join the network, those funds go towards me being able to reinvest back into growing this thing, uh, bringing on people to help me out and to you know live out my dream. And there's tons of value in this network. I've been getting some great feedback. We're up to 86 people in the network. And when you join the network, you get ad-free content. You get access to my restaurant tours through the shop talks. So every Monday when their episode goes live, I invite them to come hang out for an, a half hour to, to an hour just to reflect on their episode and to answer your questions. And I also invite the experts that are being recommended on the show to host workshops, basically join those wor- workshops live and get in front of these experts that you normally wouldn't have access to. And then lastly, we also give you access to other people who are trying to be the best version of themselves every day. So beyond all the value we're offering in the interviews with the, the, the tool services and experts being recommended on the show, you guys get to connect with each other. And there's so much inherent value in just that. It's lonely at the top, but it does not need to be. So with that said, I think we can move on to today's episode. Uh, and will, as a matter of fact, today's guest, agreed to do a shop talk. We already have it scheduled. It's actually scheduled for Tuesday, the 29th at 1.30 Eastern time. So if you enjoy this episode, which I know you're going to, and you want to connect with my guests, make sure you join the network. The first 30 days is on me. Head to the show notes, restaurantunstoppable.com slash 770. We'll have the link to join the network and get your first 30 days on me. And just thank you so much in advance for being a part of this community and supporting this mission to inspire, empower, and transform the industry. All right, here we go. Here's today's episode. Enjoy it. With excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest. At the age of 19 years old, he moved from Texas to New England and enrolled at the Atlantic Culinary Academy at McIntosh College. While in school, he worked with Chef Evan Hennessy at the Dunaway Restaurant in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, and followed Hennaway to stages at One Washington in Dover, New Hampshire. Next, he worked at Portsmouth's popular Restaurante Massimo before joining Vida Cantina, where under the stewardship of chef owner David Vargas, learned how to run a kitchen. His and Vargas's partnership flourished, and together they opened Ornell's Barbecue in Kittery, Maine, with restaurateur Jay McSherry, chef Will Miska, are you feeling unstoppable? I'm feeling today? unstoppable. I'm feeling nervous and scared, but I'm unstoppable at the <laughs> Dude, same you're, time. You're you know gonna what I'm saying? Crush so we're we're going to do it. Yeah, Pull absolutely. that mic just a little bit closer to A little bit closer. Yeah, yes, don't sir. be shy. Absolutely. There it is. Cover that, cover let's, that big let's nose. Let's hear that, that Texas that can, draw. Low draw. Yeah, you got to right. show that there thing we go. off. Right? Yes, sir. Absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> so I can't wait to dive into your story. I'm really excited, too, because it's not every day. I think this is just a matter of time. The more I do the show, I'm going to get to interview somebody who came up under 
the mentorship of two past guests, yep. Chef Evan Hennessy and Chef David Vargas. David right. was just recently, and Evan, Evan, I had Evan on the show like four years ago. No way. But like the show's evolved so much since then. I right. wanted to get him back on the show to spotlight his career. For sure. And I know that you came up under two dudes who have so much great things to say about you. Totally blessed. So I know this is going to be a good interview, man. You're going to have some For great, sure. no pressure. No, it's all good, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but let's get that motivational, inspirational yeah. ball rolling with the success quarter mantra. What do you got? Okay, well, this one might sound a little wacky, but um, it's uh, if you show me a show me a good loser, I'll show you a loser. Ooh, if you show me a good loser, I'll show you a loser. And that goes back to my grandpa right there. Okay, you know what I'm saying? I grew up from a very competitive family. Um, sports is my first passion. Um, you know, and, and Sam was Ornell's husband, and you know, spending the weekends over there and stuff like that. It was food, sports, and then all the card games in the world you could play. Nice Uno, Life. Uh, poker, Frackle, all these weird different games that we play. And uh, me, I have two older sisters, so we would love to uh, get Grandpa to lose. We love to make him lose. You know what I'm saying? He would sit there with the sour face on there, and we'd be like, why are you so mad, Grandpa? And he'd say, you've shown me a good loser. Well, I'll show you a loser. You know what I'm saying? And and to show me, that's... Show me a good loser. I'll show you a loser. I don't know if I'm picking up what you're putting. I mean, I... What I'm saying is that, like, you play to win. You okay. know what I mean? Like, you know, you're like, he's a sore-ass loser, you know, okay. just just like I am. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you know, you want... You're playing the competition. So I grew up very competitive family, you know? Okay. Basketball, my, my older sisters, they block my shots and I get mad and whatever. But, like, show me a good loser. I'll show you a loser is more of, like, you play to win. And in the middle of playing the game, the competition, that's where the fun is. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But you want to win. Yeah. You want to win. I love it. You know what I mean? And and that's that's what was big and to it, me. I think that's a great sentiment too, because like this industry is a competition. Yep. Um there is it's the game of business. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Um and there are winners and there are losers. But sure. I feel like if you go into it looking to have fun and looking to even, you know, have fun with those who you're in the game with. Right. You know? Right. Then it's so much better. You right. Know? And, and it's not an attack on anybody else. Like, I don't want to outperform these this restaurant or that restaurant. It's more of, like, your own mental psyche right there. Like, yeah. I want to win personally in my mind, in my goals that I want to achieve in life. And that's where that comes from But you right can there. still win and, and be somebody who, who doesn't like crush everyone in your path. Right. And, yeah, and like, even like in your, in your restaurant, you want to have a business where like, it's the great game of business where you're, yeah. you're making a game out of it and you're competing against the best yeah, like, yourself all, yesterday. You hey, know? hey, chef Zach, can you put up a better special than I can? Like let's compete. Exactly, it, competition man. like flows through my yes. body from the way I was raised. You know what I mean? And it's Dude. not putting anybody down when you don't win or whatever, but like, there's a book out there. You play to win, man. Like yeah. that—that's what it is. It's a you know? great game of business by Jack Stack. Okay, know? and it's a great book that explains exactly what we're talking about. And, right, and it can be fun. It can be a game. Right, and, and um, you got to play to win. That's it. And, I, and the fun is in the competition. Yes. You know what I mean? But like, I am a sore ass loser. <laughs> and you know what I mean? That's where it came from. We'd, we'd always be like, Grandpa, why are you so mad right now? And that's when he would say that quote to us. You I know what I mean? And we'd be like. All right, Grandpa, and that one stuck with me forever. Even when I, you know, gave a speech at his funeral, he passed away in 2016. Oh, bummer. That's one thing I said. You know, he lived a good life, though. You know, and that's one thing I said. And I had everybody cracked up laughing because they knew that's what Sam Mishka was about. You know Dude, what I mean? So like, I love it, man. So I carry that one with me right there. And then actually, one of my mentors, Chef Vargas, loves that one. He Dude, talks about that one all the time as great well. Great way to get this thing started. You know, for sure. Where does it make sense to start sharing your story? Um, back home in Richmond, Texas, right outside of Houston, I think so. You know, I mean, I, um, I grew up, um, my mother and my two older sisters, um, parents got divorced at an early age 
and, um, you know, saw my dad on the weekends and, um, watched my mother raise three kids, um, as a single parent, um, put herself through junior college and, and then move on to the university of Houston where she got her master's degree in, um, nonprofit social work. So watching her, you know, it's an eight, nine, 10 year old, watching her do that while taking care of us in the house, that was like, I mean, what's more competitive than that? Like she was like, I want a better life for my kids. You know what I'm saying? And that yeah, really inspired that work ethic in me, you I know what I mean? And that not to lose, you know what I mean? That was like, you know, at the time you're like, cool. Okay. Mom went to college and mom got this, but then we would go to university of Houston and watch her accept these awards and nice. stuff like that. And she was 42, 43 awesome. at the time. And like seeing her do that for it's never too late, seeing her do that for us three kids. And yeah. like that, that shit is inspiring. Absolutely. Like that was like, wow, mom, like, you know what I mean? Anybody else could have, yeah, let me just live off child support or whatever, whatever, you know, and this is that. But like, she was like, I want a better life for my kids and I'm going to go out there and get it. And Good that was, her. So very important and passionate. Obviously, you learned work ethic from your mom, right? What else did your mom uh, teach you? Do you think my mom made me cut the grass at nine years old? Man, you know, like, <laughs> Dude, I get um, it. Man. I, my parents owned a restaurant when I, I was three years old, and I, by the yeah. time I was, I think, seven or eight, like yeah. I was chopping fifty pounds I mean, of potatoes every morning. I mean, me and my sisters—they're both <laughs> older than me. Um, we're pretty close in age. One's two years older than me. One's three years older than me. So we're, we're a tight group, you know. And uh, every day we had a list of chores to do. You know yeah. what I mean? And um, mine was more of the outdoor duty. So nine years old, pushing a lawnmower. You guys call it weed whacking up here. We call it weed eating. So yeah. I had to weed eat. I had to do all these things. Christmas time, I had to get on the roof and hang up all the lights and stuff like that. And the one thing I tell guys now um, that work with me, you know, just sitting down, talking, shooting the shit is just like I was never given an allowance. Mm. And that's something that really was instilled in me that I won't give my kids an allowance. And I have two kids. And it just made me value a dollar. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I was never, all my friends in my neighborhood, little suburb, like, oh, yeah, hey, you didn't do shit. Here's 50 bucks a week kind of deal, whatever, yeah. 25, you Take know? Take the trash out. Yeah, yeah, here you go, oh, you here you it. go. Don't like, me, like, it. was never given allowance. These are my expected duties to do to live in that house. And my mom's busting her ass on a job and going to school and stuff like that. How could you, you know what I mean? It was just yeah. like we were a tight-knit group kind of deal. And, yeah. um... Yeah, I mean, if I want to go to the movies, here's 20 bucks because you did your chores or yeah. whatever, but never given an allowance, man. Yeah, so, I love that. So I always talk about the first job I had doing dishes at a barbecue restaurant, ironically. Um, I got my first paycheck, $181. And, and you're I was like, wait, I get paid for this? Dude, I was like, <laughs> dude, it taught me the value of a dollar and right. the value of what hard work can give to you. How you know? old were you? Uh, 14 years old, 14 years old, so 14 only five years before making the move to New Hampshire, five years before making the move to New Hampshire for sure. Um, and at that time, you know, junior high kid, you know, smoking weed, all my buddies had allowance and all that stuff. And I was the freeloader kid, you know what I mean? But, <laughs> but we were a tight group. So it was all cool. But like, I got that first paycheck. I could, I could buy that little ounce of weed or whatever. And be like, well, I'm, I'm in, I'm here. Yeah. yeah, yeah but dude. like, and, and as messed up as that sounds, it, it, that taught me that hard work gets you what you want exactly. you know what i mean maybe that shouldn't be the thing i wanted at the time but being a kid you're a kid you know what i yeah. mean and that was that was so, so i guess my, my next question for you is like when did you know that this was going to be your path because i mean at 19 you, you set up for culinary school so you must yeah. have figured something out early on that you love this that this uh, is going to be your path it's a it's a it's a deep story i guess so i mean my first passion was sports okay. you know and with my family um i mean i remember my dad when i was in first grade at our beach house, sitting me down, and we're watching the Rockets versus Spurs in the Western Conference Finals in 1995. You know what I mean? And 
watching Akima Dream Milaj and wanting to do the dream shake and and go to town and like so sports was just instilled in me, you know. That was a good year for Texas, huh? That was a great year. Back to back championships. <laughs> yeah. Everybody talks about Jordan wasn't there, you know, whatever. He came back that second year and got eliminated. So like, you know, yeah. we get one. Um but um the competitiveness so when we would be with my dad and my grandparents ornell's and sam's house you know it was food it was always sports and it was always board games poker uno life underrated game right there everybody play the game of life man that's a good game right there um but it was always competition you know and like me playing basketball on the drive with my sisters and like i said my sister Brittany, three years older than me would block every shot that i put up but it was like it just that's what we were based on is, is competing grinding and that kind of like, I don't know, it's just like, and, and, and hard work, you know. So and did then, that translate to the kitchen? Did it, I cut you short? I didn't mean to cut oh, you short. Oh, 100% it translated to the kitchen, yeah. for sure. Um, you know, food wasn't my first passion. Again, again sports was, yeah. you know. Um, but once I found out, like, yeah, you're not going to make it to the major leagues at anything. You know, I, I played <laughs> baseball, all-star team, all this stuff. But, like, I, yeah, dude, you can't throw 92 miles an hour or whatever, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. And I – and. It, in the early 2000s, I a lot of people probably don't want to hear this, but I fell in love with that Food Network. You know, yeah. remember when it blew up? You know, yeah. like me and my mom would sit there and watch Emerald Lagasse, bang, boom, bing, all yeah. that stuff. You know, so I remember on my um, my uh, 14th birthday, I was like, I want to cook my own birthday dinner. Like, where do you want to go? Do you want to go to the Olive Garden? Do you want to go here, here, that? You know, a lot of <laughs> yeah. chains down there in yeah. the Houston area. Oh, Chili's, yeah. you know, I love Chili's, but uh, and I was like, no, like, so we went to the store, we bought oysters. I bought the Tony seasoning, like okay. a little packet right there. Nice. And um, I fried my own oysters, and I was like, wow, like, cool, I can do this. You know what I mean? Like, this is cool. Like, it's fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. What and was it like when you made that first meal? Like, were you like, was there a certain like level of recognition, or like, what was that like? We all ate it and enjoyed it. You yeah. know what I mean? My mom made a couple sides or whatever, but it was like, this is cool. Like, what did it I feel like when your family was eating the meal that you cooked for the first time? Fucking awesome, man. Like, it was like cool you know like i don't know if i keep saying cool very redundant but it was like it was <laughs> this is fun like yeah. yeah i did this like i didn't want it like easy way i was like yeah let's go to so-and-so restaurant whatever but i was like i want to make my own meal like so, so at what point were you like okay this is what i want to make my career in like well um you know i did a culinary uh, program in high school and um you know i um it was fun you know i, I caught on pretty quick you know I'm not, I'm not saying top of the class but like i loved it i just kind of gravitated towards it you know like this is awesome you know like you know my, actually my older sister i was a sophomore in high school and my middle sister was a senior and we were actually in the same culinary class okay. which is really cool for me you know <laughs> yeah. what i mean so like now it's cooking circles around her you know oh, and, it, and she doesn't want to say share doesn't want to hear that right there yeah but i was like i love this right here you know nice. what i mean and um and so I always, like, had a passion for food, you know? Okay. Maybe it was like, oh, you're smoking weed and, like, here, like, cool, like, we're stoned, let's whip something together in the kitchen, whatever, you know what I mean? But it was like food was a big part of everything, you know? And obviously going to Ornell's house on the weekends when my dad had us, that's his parents, mm-hmm. um, seeing her cook, we'd all be in the kitchen with her, peeling potatoes, stuff like that. And it I just, it, it just, I don't know, it just, it was like, all right, this is something I would, something I love to do. So, you know what I mean? So you found yourself in New Hampshire. I mean, out of all the places you could go, yeah. Um, what what brought you to New Hampshire? So when my mother, when all three kids were out of high school, yeah, I took the hardest route. My sisters, you know, they were great students and got out of there. Um, once we all graduated, she said, I'm moving back up to New Hampshire to take care of my parents who are getting old in age. And my mom, okay. you know, got a good job up here. And, and so is your mom from New Hampshire? 
She's from Framingham, Mass. Okay. So she's a New Englander that moved down. Gotcha. My, my, my grandfather from up here in Dover, rest, rest in peace, Bill Martindale, um, was an engineer. So he went down to Texas in the 80s okay. where kind of the engineer was popping off and this, this, and that. Yep. And so my mom came to visit and met my dad. And yep. then there you go, get married, three kids, yep. you know, and married just a few years divorced and then uh once we were all grown and out of the house she's like i'm going back up to my home kind of deal you know what i mean yeah and so i was down there and i was you know everybody's gonna know about me but i I was a fuck up you know what i mean so i got in a lot of trouble when you were in houston or were you went up to new hampshire no when i was in houston i I tried to play it cool in new hampshire i got in a little trouble in new hampshire too not gonna lie but we all get into trouble yeah yeah but but so and this sounds this is really redundant but um High school party, me and some friends, and, uh, you know, we uh, broke into a barbecue restaurant and stole some beer. Oh. And so, uh, yeah, and here I am at a barbecue restaurant now. You know what, what would I mean? you do if somebody broke into your restaurant and stole some beer? Um, I'd just make them pay me back. And I wouldn't, <laughs> yeah. you know, call the laws We're on all, them, but whatever, if I could catch them. Dumb shit. 17 years old, but, yeah, you know, and, but, you know, charges an adult because in Texas they don't play, man. You yeah. know, there's, there's too many people. It's too big of a state. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like... And so I, I got put on probation, violated it, and uh, I went to jail for four months. Okay, you know? at 17 or 18? At 18. Okay. So I spent my 19th birthday in jail, Fort Bend County. Um, but I feel like, I mean, I, sometimes the system really fucks people up and it doesn't yeah. help them. My first time ever getting in trouble, but it was a big thing. And Texas doesn't have time to be like, it's, it's a bigger state. So it's like, yeah. you're, you know what I mean? Like they just but like. I feel like it's, it's better that you got, you did go to jail at the age of 17 or 18 um, because at that point in your life, it's just like, it's like any failure. Yeah. You can get out and start all over again. You can recover so much easier. For sure. It, but you know, I spent my 19, I turned 19 in jail. I was there for four months and that was the biggest eye opener of my life. How did it open your eyes? Because I was in there, you know, I was fortunate enough to get like a job, a commentary job or whatever. And, um, it just scared the shit out of me, not necessarily being in jail, but watching grown men get released from jail, not knowing where the fuck they were going to go. You know, like I saw 40 year old men say, Hey, you're done. Your time's up. And they would just sit on a doorstep and be like, Like what? I don't know where I'm going. Exactly. And that hit me so hard. That's the point I'm making. Yeah. That hit me so hard of like, I don't want to be this. Like I I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want this life. I don't want to be able to be like, I have no place to go. Yeah. What was it like when you got the news that you were going to go to jail? When like when the um, when the judge you know like made the sentence, I, I knew it was going. I mean, I could have I could have finished my probation, but I violated it being a punk ass kid. Yeah, and it was like you're going. You know what I mean? And yeah. I knew I was going. And um, again, this is jail. This isn't prison or anything yeah. like that. So it's you know it's yeah maybe a fist fight here and there, but it's no like yeah yeah what the Oz on HBO. It's nothing like that. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, and um, man, there was actually a couple of great guys in there that were like. That I worked, there was four people that worked in the commissary department that were like, dude, like you're fucking, you just turned 19 and you're like, what are you doing, dude? You yeah. know what I mean? Like I'm 53, I'm 45. Like, don't be like, you know what I mean? Like you have so much to offer to this world kind of deal, you know? Yeah. And like, and they're actually good people, you Scared know, straight. people get in trouble, good people get in trouble. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's not like everybody in there is people like make fucking mistakes. asshole. People are like, up against it. We, they were, you know, everybody hits their downfall and stuff yeah. like that. And that was like huge to me. Like they taught me up like, well, like you have more to offer in this life and that. And then watching guys again, you know, not being, knowing where they were going, scared the living shit out of me. That's what scared me the most right there. It was like, 
I don't want to be that guy when I'm 40 of like, yeah, but with me, with this pattern and like, I don't know what I'm doing or where I'm going. And that just like scared, it's like scared straight. What's that show? Scared straight. straight, Yeah. Without someone yelling in my face. It was just like my own mental psyche of like, I can't, this is not for me. You saw a glimpse of your future. If you stayed on that path. I did. I a hundred percent did, you know? And, and, and when I got out, um, I moved in with my sister. Um, this was 2007. So I went in January 3rd, got out probably May 30th, and then moved in with my sister, um, single mother, you know, helping raise her four-year-old son. So, And she was a bartender at Baker Street. And they have, like, chains of Baker Street okay. all, all over the country or whatever. So she wouldn't get home till really late at night. So I was taking care of my four-year-old nephew, you yep. know what I mean? And, yep. um, and no car, no nothing. We were in, like, a little two-bedroom little shack kind of place. And uh, it was cool. And I actually um, I had dropped out of high school. Um and then, so while I was there too, I had these two books um, that I had to complete to graduate and get my diploma. So I did that too at the same time. Okay. Like and then a GED? So, no, not a GED. Actually, a diploma. Oh, cool. Nice. Yeah, Houston's weird, man. You that know what weird. I mean? Like, <laughs> like, I'm not lying. Like, I, I went there um, to downtown Houston to get my diploma. And she's like, cool, here's an English and math book. You know, give me half the money up front, complete these two books, and then I'll give you a degree when you get back. I was like, okay, cool. And nice. the answers are all in the back of the book. And she's like, make sure you show your work, too. And I was like, <laughs> okay, so scribble, scribble, scribble. I actually did it, you know what I mean? Yeah. But then, like, when I went to turn them back in and give her the other half of the money, she just flipped through it, you know, real quick and was like, put the diploma in the printer. And I'm there with my grandfather, Ornell's husband, Sam. And uh, she's like, do you want your diploma to say William Mishka or William Henry Mishka? And I was like, you can put Henry in there. That'd be cool. You know, she printed nice. it out, did the stamp of the seal of the state of Texas on it and said, congratulations, you graduated from high school. And I was like, holy shit. If I knew it was this easy, I, fuck, I probably oh, wouldn't. Oh, showed up. I probably wouldn't, even, yeah, probably wouldn't even went to two classes. You know what I mean? But um, so funny, I got done my diploma, which got me into Macintosh College. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? Um, and it was the middle of that summer. Like I said, I got out probably May 30th and sitting there really helping my sister out a lot. And she helped me a lot out at the same time too, by giving me a place to live. Cause I had nowhere to go. So yeah. that 40 year old guy not knowing where to go. And she let me in and, um, uh, my mom's was up in Dover, New Hampshire. And she goes, Hey, come up for the summer. So the three of us went up for a little vacation and she was talking to me like, Hey, there's this culinary school right here. Like you love cooking. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You did it in high school. Uh, you know, you, you cook those fried oysters there on your, your, um, 14th birthday. This, this and that. Yep. Um, She's like, so what do you think? So we took a tour of the school and like, you know, me being from Texas, I'm like, well, New Hampshire, like that shit's just cold and snowy as shit all year round. Like, I don't, so true. I, I just I don't know if I want to go up there. In, like, in I mean, maybe, Texas, maybe I was I know ignorant. About, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, maybe I'm ignorant. Like, oh, that's way up there, man. I don't know. But then coming up here and seeing how beautiful the summers are, like at that time, it didn't get dark till nine o'clock. I'm like, okay, like this is cool, you know? So really, t- you know, really thought about it for a while and was like, I need to do this because I'm not doing anything right now. You know, I have nothing to my name. I have. I was doing dishes at a local restaurant. Um, is this when you're working at um, at uh, what is it, Strawberry Bank? It's with Chef Hennessy. Was that your? This is before. Way? This is before all I came up here. Okay, okay. So like, so my mom brought me up. You know, like tour of the school, Macintosh College, gotcha. all that stuff. And then um, I was like, what do I have to lose? You know what I mean? Like, what I have to lose is like, I got to leave my family behind. Ornell, Sam, my father, my sisters, my nephew, and all that. But like. I got to take care of myself too. You know what yeah. I mean? Like after, and that's a huge lesson right there. I mean, you got to take care of yourself before you can expect to take care of anybody. Definitely. Else. After, yeah. after those four months, I was like, I can't, I'm stagnant right now. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you're helping me out. I'm helping you out. But like, I got to do something for me. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I'm 19. Like, and so I, I made the move up here and it was late September of 2007. 
And uh, my mom really set me up well. You know, I had a car. You know, yeah. it was great. Nice. You know, and um, really took on, into the Macintosh uh, the uh, Atlantic Culinary Academy program. I so, missed the Le Cordon Bleu, but I hit the second program there. You know nice. what I mean? So what was the? Was it a two year program? It was an eighteen month program. Eighteen year month program. Yep, okay. Absolutely. And it was there when you went and you, and you started working at the Dunaway. So the Dunaway is my internship. Okay. So I actually worked uh, with this lady named Patty Roche, and okay. she has she was doing her. She was in her 40s early 50s and she was um there to get her um not the 18 month program but like a six month program to teach the cooking school at stonewall kitchen okay and so and i'm like man i need a job like i need money too i've paid for gas and this that and she's like hey come up to stonewall kitchen and talk to me like i'll get you a job nice and she and she uh and yeah the next day i went up you know at that time we didn't have the on, on the phone, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I had to print out the Google directions, like yep. take exit seven off of ninety five. Yeah. You know what I mean? I got there, I talked to her. Um, I started working in the cafe at Stonewall Kitchen, my first job ever up here. And I remember sitting down with the manager, and she's like, "How much money do you want to get paid?" You know, dishwasher, right? And I'm like, um, "Minimum wage in Texas is like five fifty an hour." That time, I was like, "You know, seven hours, seven dollars an hour would be good right here." <laughs> and she goes, "Well, minimum wage is nine dollars, so we're gonna give you nine. I was like, "Oh." Even better. <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. Sweet. You know what I mean? Yeah. So so she really, um, you know, put me under her wing and like nice. really kind of guided me towards that, so which is cool. I do like to say behind every great restaurant is great people. And we are yeah. a byproduct of those who have influenced us. So who was – was she one of these people that you think really influenced you as a young she, person? She was a mother to me for yeah. sure when I moved up here. What she, was the biggest lesson she taught you? Uh, show up on time. Be punctual. You know what I mean? Like, um, just keep your head down and hard work. But I, I had the hard work instilled in me. Yeah. You know, I just, I just slipped up and messed up a few times, yeah. but, but the hard work comes back from my mother my father my grandparents and all that stuff and my competitiveness. Yeah. So uh, you give me an opportunity. I've already messed up. I already just got out of jail freaking five months ago. Like I'm not fucking up. You know yeah. what I mean? Kind of deal. You know what I'm saying? So like, I kept my head down and I worked there for about a year or so. All right. Um, and then six months later, you did your internship. I did my internship at, the Dunaway. at Evan Hennessy at the Dunaway, man. Yeah. And that was amazing. And, it, um, and that must have been a, like a kind of, was that like, go, what was it like going from, you've worked in kitchens before this, right? Uh, yeah. Dishwasher though. Yeah. Prep cook. Never like a line cook kind of thing. You but know? did you ever work in a kitchen where the, the executive chef had to work with the likes of, you know, a linear restaurant group. And not, like, no, yeah. man, no, Evan was the first one really. And yeah. I remember walking into that kitchen, they were doing pre-meal and they were all sitting down or staff meal, you know, doing yeah. our thing. And I just walk in like with my little resume, I typed up, you know, like I need an internship, whatever. And he like, he took me under his wing right away, man. Nice. And like, um, that man showed me a lot, man. And the main thing I take from Evan is attention to detail. Yes. The yeah. attention to detail that that guy has. Paint like that picture of how he taught you attention to detail. Like, or oh, was it a man. verbal thing or just by, by, by Oh, like, by watching him. So by, what, paint that picture. By watching him and, you know, like, here's our prep list. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're downstairs. The Dunaway has, like, a downstairs kitchen. Then you go upstairs to yep. the, the top. And um, I didn't cut the onions right. Trash can them again kind of deal you know what i'm saying they yep. didn't have culinary school they they, they were closing anyway so they kind of pat you on the back well, yeah. okay yeah it'll move you along but like attention to detail evan no do this right every time like show you once kind of person you know mm-hmm. what i mean i think that's what he loved about me because i because i grew up from that such a competitive nature from playing those card games and playing sports and like what don't want to lose <laughs> like that i was like 
Yes, yes, what was yes, it chef. Like when he when he slid your onions into the trash, yeah, I didn't say a damn thing. <laughs> just like yes, sir, yes, chef. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you know, and, and he wasn't an asshole about it. He was he was just helping not, me grow and evolve. Standard. This is not the standard. I'm communicating to you that yep. this is not the standard. Absolutely, do it again. Do it again. So yeah. I made sure you know maybe I was a little slower the next time doing it because I wanted to get it perfect, but um. Like, yes, chef. You know what yeah. I mean? So, um, so it's the attention to detail. It's also the, the significance of having standards and not absolutely. folding for sure. Or anything that's less for than sure. the standard. And then once you do it once, you're expected to do it every single time like yeah. that. And that's something I preach here too. It's like, if you show me that you did it once, why are you, how could you do it another way? So how did you keep the pressure on you guys to maintain that standard? Um, I mean, I was intimidated, man. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Honestly, like, it's, it's a very, you know, well-renowned chef and like, yeah. we'll I, I don't want to let him down. I don't yeah. want to, I don't, my thing is I don't want to let anybody down. Like yeah. if you give me an opportunity, I want to make sure like yeah. I come through for you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. like, so if I had to go home and dice an onion on my own time, that's what I would do. You know, things back at my house just to make sure like I'm coming in there, you know? Yeah. I remember the first restaurant week we worked, you know what I'm saying? And I was like, chef, like, you know, like I'm gonna like I'm, I'm scared, man. You know what I'm saying? Like I probably shouldn't have said that, but I'm, you know, at 20 at this point, you yeah. know what I mean? He, you know, pulled me aside. He's like, Hey, you got this man. Like, trust me, I'm here with you. He said, I, I might let you take a little hit or whatnot, but I'll never let you fall. You yes. know what I'm saying? I won't let you fail. I'm like hearing those words were like, okay, like, you know, he could, he saw me shaking in my boots, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, but, but for him saying like that, you know what I mean? Like, I'll let you take a little hit, but I'm never going to let you fail. I love that. I won't too. let you fall. You know and, what I'm saying? And yeah. that made me like, that boosted a little bit of confidence in there of like, he's got me, you know what yeah. I'm saying? So and I'm going to give him my all. We'll be sure I mean? to to link to Evan and David Vargas's episodes in today's chat. If you guys, yeah. if you haven't listened to those episodes, both yep. Evan and we'll, we're going to talk about David, I'm sure in a real soon bit. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but um, back to these lessons you learned from, from Evan, um, you're painting the picture of, of how he was teaching you guys standards of that constant gentle pressure of just being like, that's not right. Do it again. Right. Uh, what else did he teach you? How else? And, did and he was never, it was never in like a mean, like, yeah, like you throw a pan against the wall. It was just like, do it again. He's very calm. He's very calm yeah. and approachable. You know what yep. I'm saying? Um, and just, you know, to build me up, man, you know, I, I think we just, you know, he's a sports guy too. You know what I'm saying? I'm not to keep talking about sports, but I think we That's had that thing. kind of bond yeah, right there, man. And, and just, um, he, I think he might've saw me that I really wanted to learn. You know yeah. what I mean? I wasn't a, Hey, I'm sick today. I can't work. I was there every day that he needed me to be there mm-hmm. every day. And I just put my best foot forward every day. And I think he appreciated that, but he, that. but he was just always very patient with me and, um, Show me the ropes, man. Yeah, man. And I love how you mentioned that you just didn't want to let him down. No. And I think that that is a very common trait in hospitalitarians, people in, the, in this yeah. industry. is like we're so driven by just – we just want to make sure people like us. We yeah. don't want to let you down. We, we want to get your approval. You gave me the chance, man. Yeah, you know, man. Like how can I – what can I – you know what I mean? Like that's just – you know, I, I can't let you down. I won't. Mentally, men, mental toughness, you know what I mean? I won't let you down. Yeah, you know what I'm that. saying? So whatever you need me to do, I, I'm going to do it for you. So, so you followed him from the Dunaway to um, stages. Yeah, so the Dunaway closed. Um, you know, it got sold or whatnot. And um, I ended up working at Abenaki Country Club for a little bit. Okay. Um, just in the meantime, you know, and I met my um, – that's where I met my wife at the, at the Abenaki Country Club. Um, worked for some talented chefs there too. And then that was only a seasonal, it's a seasonal, um, that's in Dover, right? No, no, it's in, it's in Ryle. That's oh, okay. Abenaki. Oh, that's oh, the, right. Yeah. You gotta be How the member. That's like Governor <laughs> Sununu, you know, all the big Dan Brown, all the big names yeah, right there, the you water, know, the ocean. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, I was, you know, a line cook there. Right across from the Wentworth. 
No, no, it's back. Uh, it's right off the beach, um, like by Janice Beach oh, yeah, and all yeah, that. Yeah, you know, right. you take the back way there. Doesn't Dan Brown have like a house on that golf course? Yeah, I think like he that? does something like the that. But like of Angels and Demons. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. So you get all the big, you get all the big names that are there. Like it's a, it's a bougie country club, yeah. you know. Um, and so like they were gracious enough to have me work there. And um, any key mentors there? Uh, uh, William uh, Eaton, Chef Chef Billy Eaton. Okay. Yeah, at the time he's the executive chef now for the past ten years. At the time he was a line cook. Okay, John Willis was the head chef there, and John okay. Willis was really good to me too. Any transformative times during this, like during this period of your life, like as far as when I say transformative, like things that you weren't doing right before, or you that changed you in a way because you saw it being done right. Um. I mean, I just went from one to the other. I was yeah. grinding. I'm trying to make money. I'm yeah. trying to have money in my pocket, basically, like trying to get my hustle on. So how long were you there? Um, I was there for the from September until they close at the New Year's Eve. Gotcha. And they're closed for about two, three months or whatever. But me, still, I need a steady income. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, so zoom to 30,000 feet real quick. From there, yeah. uh, what was the path you took? I went. I knocked on Jethro's back door in January. They okay. just had a guy, you know, I, I, I had worked with a guy named Dave. Um, Pettengale at the um, Dunaway, and he was working at Mossimos, and I was just reaching out like it's like January. How do I get a job? No one's hiring in January up here. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like you're shrinking your staff down or whatever. And he was like, "Yo, um, one of the um, Garmage cooks is actually leaving, so like I got a spot for you." So I knocked on that door. Um, I went in there and uh, talked to Jethro uh, Mossimo. They hired me. And um, that was a great experience because nice. here I come from a country club where um, they put out great food, but a lot of it's banquet foods, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like that. It's so like, yeah. hey, make staff meal, you know? Like, you yeah, go, you're not plating so much. Yeah, you, yeah. Go, you go in there and find like, oh, this is chicken breast from like yesterday's banquet. Let's put some Chianti dressing over it. And like, here you go. And like, I'm the man. I just met my girlfriend who's now my wife there, this, this, and that. And country then, club's a great place to meet a wife, man. It is. Yeah, there you go. You're the best one. And then, and then so I go in and knock on Jethro's door and he's like, cool, yeah, you know, like, we'll take you on in a week or whatever. And I went in there and the first thing's like, go make staff meal. You know, so I go into the uh, the walk in and everything's from scratch. Everything's fresh. And I'm like, fuck, you know, like (laughs) like uh, at this time, I'm 21, 21 or whatever. I'm like, I just came from being like, oh, you're the man at the country club. And now you're here. And like, it's like, shit. All right. um, (laughs) Let's boil some pasta with red sauce kind of deal. You know, I was waiting for you. So so I grabbed the fillets off the top. No, (laughs) no, I would never touch that. I was like more looking for like, do you have any like leftover foods from yesterday? Like and just like reheat or whatever. And um, so I, Jethro is like, um, he's my big brother, man. He's, he was at my wedding. He's, he brought me from here down to here, but built me back up. You yeah, know what I mean? And like that, and that's exactly what I needed as a cocky little 21 year old. So how, that's a great conversation to have. How do you yeah. break somebody down, but not breaking them down so bad to the point where you can't build them back up? How do you do that? Yeah, gracefully? You, you, you troll them. You know what I mean? You give them yeah. a hard time. You know what I mean? And yeah. like, I don't think maybe anybody could have took that, but again, going back to that mental toughness, you know, I'm not the strongest guy physically, but mentally, man, I'll, you know, like <laughs> there was one point me and Jethro got in a fight where we didn't talk to each other for four months. Oh man, he's gonna love to hear this one. You know what I mean? And there's only a four man line, so yeah. like he uh, wouldn't talk to me. We got in a we got in a fight. You know what I'm saying? And he wouldn't even talk to me. He'd tell the sous chef, "Hey, tell Will to go check his antipasto vegetables." I'd be like, "Man, you're right here. You can't tell me kind of deal, whatever." But I was like, "I'm not quitting. Like I'm not." You what know, was, if, I gotta ask, if, if you're gonna let me go, dude, I'm not quitting. What you know was what I'm so so before? The object of this conversation right now is to talk about breaking people down. But I'm curious, what was the fight about? 
uh, about other chefs like you know like i was like <laughs> something about sweeping like i was like well he's a better chef than you and you go boy you don't even know what a chef is you know that's what he told me and he just you know he's stubborn just like i am i'm yeah. super stubborn you know what i mean <laughs> and i just will never forget that those four or five months man of like just you know kind of tell me what to do but wouldn't talk to me like before we were like brothers wrestling yeah. fighting all the time he'd throw me in the walk-in you know we have so much fun together and it was like not talking to you, but I wouldn't quit. I would yeah. not quit on him. I love that. Because I was like, You're not you're not gonna make me walk out this door. You know, if you want me to walk out this door, then you can you could tell me it's time to leave, but I'm not doing it. I you know, that. and after those couple months passed, you know, um but, I, th- I think he saw that and then we just the relationship forced again, you know what I'm saying? But like, I mean I think we're all gonna have that and not to say that this was you, but we're all gonna have that like somebody whose head's a little bit bigger than it should be or a little yeah. cockier than they think they and are it was me. the game. It was my head. You can say it was you, but I'm not going to say it was you. Yeah. Uh, but like we, and when that happens, it's, it's, it's inevitable. Like we're going to have young people who yeah. just are, are still learning and they think they've learned yeah. it all and they still have so much to learn. Right. We have to bring them down. We have to, we have Absolutely. to humble them. It's the best right? thing for me. And so here we are with a, a very, you know, Mossimo's has been a, you know, 25 years now. You know what I mean? Like a great restaurant. Jetta had been there for so many years. And like a little 21 year old run his mouth, like, you know, like told me what it was, wouldn't speak to me, you know what I'm saying? Both super stubborn, but like we, we worked through it. You know what I mean? I think he saw that, like, I ain't giving up on you, man. I love I'm not, that. And, uh, so how long were you there? Um, so I was there for about a year okay. and that's when I left, um, Evan approached me to open up stages at one Washington. Okay. And so that'd be a compliment, right? Yeah. It was awesome to have him come back. It was just and, him and maybe one or two other people. Uh, John Flintosh, who okay. was, who was a sous chef, who is now the general manager at Carl's meat market down okay. here. Who I love the deaf too. You know what I mean? So nice. it was like, Hey, we're opening this place. You know what I mean? And, and with his concept too. And what's really helped me out now at Ornell's is like at that time, Evan had a catering company called flavor concepts yep. as well. And so, like, now with all the catering we do, like, doing all those catering events, and, like, Evan was doing, like, high-end catering yeah. events, like, filet mignon, you know what I mean, plated things like that. Now we're, like, ours are more, like, here's your brisket, here's your yeah. pulled pork. I mean, it's barbecue, you know what I'm saying? So but what like, did it teach you? You said you learned a lot about catering. Like, what, what were the things, the most important things as far as what's affected your bottom line and, and affected your ability to execute and be profitable? Like, what were those things he taught you? Um, obviously again, going back to attention and detail, um, but hard work, being prompt, being on time and just, um, not saying no, just going after everything was a big thing with him. You know what I mean? Specifically to the catering world. Yeah. Um, cause you said you were doing the catering with them. Did he teach yep. you about the, the business of catering? Uh, I wasn't really behind the numbers time at that time. Okay. I was kind of low man on the totem pole there, but just watching how we would set up and yep. the prep going into it and the execution of it. I mean, usually, I mean, People don't want to hear this, but like something doesn't always go wrong when you're catering, but like you have to always work on the fly. I remember sauteing corn in a hotel pan, you know, over an open <laughs> fire, you know what I mean? Because we needed to plate one more thing of corn or whatever, yeah. but that's what you do. You know what I mean? Like that, that, some shit up. that's that like, Hey, yeah. sorry, I don't have corn for you. You can't tell somebody that at a wedding. You know what I mean? You just, you MacGyver your shit up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So Love like, it. so all those experiences and, and, and that's not a, wasn't a lack on Evan at all. I mean, maybe I didn't pack enough stuff here and there, but like, always just kind of on the fly. Like we're not ever going to say no, we're not going to stop doing this, this and that. Yeah. Like we just kept it, we kept it moving. And that taught me a lot. And that teaches me a lot now with catering with Ornell's, you yeah. know, or when I was catering with Vita too, like, so how long were you at stages? I was at stages for, Oh man, uh, two years, two okay. years. Yep. And the pop-up dinners that we used to do all the time there, we did theme dinners, you know, um, Alice in Wonderland, all these different ones, so Demonicos. When you say these pop-ups, are these other restaurants coming to stages? Or? No, so we would do theme dinners like once a month or once okay. every two months or whatever. And like 
obviously you're learning about a different cuisine like you know it's very um that time it was really molecular too you know what i'm saying so yeah. i learned about a lot of the molecular gastronomy and stuff like that um you know i still use activa to this day to bind proteins together for our chicken okay. roulades and stuff like that you know what i mean so like just his patience and just you know you know i don't know like just uh learning yeah, you know what man. i mean i you know uh, so what, what, liquid, uh, not, uh what is it uh liquid nitrogen you know what i mean oh, things yeah. like that like making yeah he's making uh ice cream on the fly stuff like that you know what i mean engaging with customers because yeah. you're right yeah. there in front of them it's and a me, cool experience me being kind of yeah. awkward you know what i'm saying like it was hard for me to like talk to people like yeah. i don't want to overstep anybody's boundaries like they know way more than i do but just like a sponge trying to soak all that in at once mm. was very important to mm -hmm. me you know what i mean so why did you leave um i left because um, my wife was pregnant with our first daughter okay and i was like um i needed just a little bit more income you know what i mean so i was like you know you can work at one place for 40 hours a week or whatnot so me i got on my grind to work two different places and that was a tough year that was 2013 um so i can get 35 here i can get 35 here mm, you know what i mean to week. offset it it's a long week but like you, you know how you know you got to cap it when you're in a restaurateur like Hey, yeah. you're at 40 or 39. Hey, they got to get you out of here kind of deal. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you don't want people making um, left, left on great terms. I mean, I even the next year helped out at a couple of weddings with Evan too and love him to death to yeah. this day, you know, yeah. and we play basketball all the time too in the mornings before we go to work. Like that's, that's my guy that's right awesome, there. Dude. But, um, it was, and that's when I first started at Vita before Chef Argus was there when it was Jed Benarski. I was, you know, they put out a Craigslist ad and uh, I remember applying for it and going in there on Memorial Day. So was this 2000, when did they, Vita open? Was it 2014? 2013, Cinco de Mayo. Okay. Yep. Wow, crazy. Yep. Um, so I think this is a good time to take our first break to thank our sponsors and we'll okay. be right back. Sorry, I talk way too much. No, man, you're doing great. This is perfect. Who wants to be more efficient and cleaner? Everyone. So streamline your clean faster than ever before with Ecolab Sink and Surface Cleaner Sanitizer. Ecolab's two-in-one Sink and Surface Cleaner Sanitizer is one product that can both clean and sanitize food contact surfaces in front of house, back of house, and the third sink. Like other EPA-registered food contact surface sanitizers, it helps protect against foodborne illness and also kills SARS-CoV-2, the virus that causes COVID-19 in 15 seconds, and norovirus, the flu, and common cold viruses in 30 seconds, helping you reduce risk, simplify your procedures, and help protect your team, your guest, and your reputation with Ecolab Sink and Surface Cleaner Sanitizer. Visit Ecolab.com slash unstoppable or talk to your Ecolab representative. All right, so we're back, and usually I take the first break to, to thank our sponsors um, just before you open your first restaurant. Yep. And I realize this isn't Vita Cantina, isn't your first restaurant. Right. But the reason why I chose to take the break there is because I feel like you treated it like you owned it. Absolutely, I did. I mean, I was given a great opportunity. Um, like I said, when I left Stages, I worked two jobs. Mossmos took me back part-time, and um, Jeb Benarski, the first chef at Vita, brought me in for the morning. So I was doing doubles, you know, six days a week because I was paying for a wedding. You know, So you're working at Mossimo's and Vita? Yep, okay. Vita in the morning, then I go to Mossimo's, you know. First it was Vita in the morning, then stages. And then once we got married, I was like, I need to go to Mossimo's. I just need to generate my income a little bit more because yeah. we had a, our, our daughter was on the way doing November. We got married in May 2014. So I was like, I got to find a way to hustle and yeah. just like... I love that, man. Legally hustle and generate yeah. my income. And I just know like... Taking two part time jobs, I could, you know, I sat yeah. down, did the numbers, and I was like, How I, can, old are you I can get time? it. 
uh, 26. Yeah, I mean, 26. So the, I, feel I, mean, I have a, a baby on the way. I just a got short married. Window. Yeah, where you can work 70, 80 hours a week. On right. The line. That was a grind, man. That was <laughs> and like it's in your early twenties. Uh, and I would 20s, I would yeah. leave um, Vita in the morning, and I would sit in the uh, you know the the municipal lot there in Portsmouth, and I would take like a thirty minute nap, and then I'd be like, all right, let's go. You know what I mean? Yeah. But um, the great thing about Mossmos too is like they had so much staff that time and they still took me back. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like their labor costs must've been through the roof, but yeah. it didn't matter. Cause I was part of the family but you and also they brought me back probably in. Probably earned that right to be, to come back. And I appreciate you know? them for that to this day. Yeah. yeah I mean, they definitely. knew what they were getting. They you, definitely you did hustle. You and did I, grind. And I came back with a little bit more talent, you know, yep. not, not to be conceited because I've learned from and Evan and for a couple. Yeah. yeah, yeah so like I came back and I could bring a little bit more and to the table than I think that's when a, I left. That's a satellite lesson, an indirect lesson right there. Yeah. Don't hold grudges in this industry, man. Right. If somebody leaves you for an opportunity, yep. if even if it's a lateral opportunity, but it's an opportunity that's going to give that person that's leaving you a whole new perspective, right. and they're going to grow as professional. This industry is about everybody else but you. And when you have that mentality, it comes back. Right. It will come back to you. And guess what? Yeah. You did go back. I did. With a whole new set of skills. I did. That made that restaurant better. You know what yep. I'm saying? And for it's sure. hard for you to say that, but I can say it. And I'm sure they recognized it too. You know? Right. So by, by letting you come back, you know, you're, you're giving like it, you're, you're giving it back to the, the restaurant. Now for you're sure. bringing those skills that you learned and maybe not, but you know what I'm saying? No, for sure. It definitely was. But the way they opened their arms to me to come back was, yeah. was really cool. And it, it meant a lot, you know I what I mean? That. So, yeah. So, um, what was it like? Cause this is the first time you worked in David Vargas's kitchen, right? Yep. So a year later, David took over for Jed and it was, um, you know, he sat us all down one by one. Like, what are your goals? What are your passions? What are Wait, you doing? So was, who's Jed? Uh, Jed Benarski was the opening chef okay. of, um, Fida Cantina and he was okay. there for a year. He's the one that hired me or whatnot. So I was still on that team, still on that okay. nine to two every day, Monday through Friday kind of grind. Gotcha. And then chef took over the following year. Okay. So Jed was one year there and then he had bigger opportunities in New York, yeah. um, him and his now wife and they opened up, you know, a farm and did their thing. So chef Vargas came in, you know, and, um, you know, set us all down one by one. What are your goals? Like, what do you do here? And I was like, you know, I'm the morning guy, Dude. you know, I'm, I'm trying to, um, you know, getting married. I just got married. I have a daughter on the way in November and I'm just, you know, I work at Mossimo's at night and here, and he could easily been like, yeah, man, you know, I need a, a full-time guy, not a part-time guy or whatever, but he's like, I think he was compassionate for the fact that I had a kid on the way or whatnot and yeah. then knew my background a little bit. So he's like, cool, you know, like we'll get there. And I mean, I went to work every day, you know what I'm saying? We talk about that mental toughness. Like yeah. I just like, and I'm sure at this point his kids are probably pretty young still too. I know there's a couple of girls, right? No, he has a, yeah, a daughter and a son. Yeah. Okay, Kavika yeah. and Ia. So yeah, yeah. And there, I mean, he, I mean, he knows what it's like to be in the industry and raising a couple for of sure. kids for sure. For sure. He could have kicked me out though for a full-time guy in a second, you know, but he, yeah. he, um, you know, he kept me on, you know, and that's, yeah. that's when our, that's when our, Work not only working relationship but our friendship blossomed too. Yeah. You know, him being from um, you know, Orange County, California, me being from Houston, we're both kind of outsiders here in New England. Yeah. And we bonded over like movies like The Wood, you know, like different old school loving basketball, things like that. You know what I mean? Like that we kind of like I mean, it's different, you know, it's different yeah. in California than it is in Houston than it is up here, you know what I mean? So I think like right away, man, and, and uh he's hilarious. Like oh, I he love uh him. He can he control with the best of them just like I can. So me and him, we would sit in the hall every morning. We would crack jokes and we would just 
and just built just such a great relationship. Yeah. And I love it. And like I love listening to these stories, and I love hearing the little nuggets that come out of the, the, the mouths of my guests, and it, like the little nugget that just came out there. And I don't even know if you guys hear it sometimes, yeah. but the thing that he sat down with you and he asked you what your goals were, what your ambitions were. Right. And he did that with everybody. And he I did. think that not enough chefs, not enough right. owners care about where your people are trying to go. Right. Take us to that moment. Well, so I've never been in that position before, but I I can I can like put myself in his shoes a little bit of like you're taking over a whole new staff. Yeah. Of a guy that just left, like who's loyal to this guy? It's like I don't like this new guy coming in. Who's that? Like that? Like that must be the hardest fucking shit to do. You know what I mean? Like I haven't had to experience it yet. You know what I mean? But like I can only imagine he handled it with such grace and like. He didn't let anybody go. He gave everybody an opportunity. You know yep. what I'm saying? And, and I, I, that speaks so highly of Chef Argus right Absolutely. there. Absolutely. But even you just – and just I think the, the other big lesson too is, is is if you know where your people are going or what their ambitions are, yeah. you can play to those ambitions. You right. can if, – if you know what somebody wants, you can give it to them. Right. And – too often we we just we we don't ask like what do you want what do you right. need what's going to make you happy what are your what, what's your vision for yourself right how can I help you get there absolutely and, and that's what he preaches and you have to fucking know this shit because sure. you have to get it out because how are you going to help if it is about everybody else right then how are you going to make it about them if you don't know what they're what where they're trying to go right definitely you know? and so the fact that he sat down to take the time to find out how he could serve or you know where like you know you need that alignment you need to understand I mean from the dishwasher to the chef. The sous chef at the time, he set every single person down. Like, Nobody will give an f about you if you don't give an f. About so cool them. to me, right there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, and at that time, I didn't know my goals. I mean, my goal was to make money. You know what I mean? I didn't have like. So what'd you tell him? And that reflecting back at the time, did you tell him that your goal was to make money? Yeah, absolutely. I said, you know, I'm, I'm just grinding right now. You know, I again, you know, a kid on the way. He just got married. Like I'm trying to just grind and work as many places or as many things as I can just to bring income into my family. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to ever sit down. You know what I mean? Like, yep. I'm going to keep going. You know what I mean? If yep. it's not here and that doesn't work out, it's fine. I'm going to apply at five different places and try to get there kind of deal. You know what I mean? I and he's it. like, no, nah, man, like, I got you. You know what I'm saying? You so can stay did here. He, did he take that as an answer or did he did he inspire you to, like, to maybe oh, make he, it more? Oh, he, oh, as the weeks went on, he chirped in my ear. He so much. He, he you know, that, that's my man right there. He, he chirped uh, in your ear? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, <laughs> what do you want? You know, you're going to be 30. What do you want to do? You want to be a 30-year yes. line cook? You want to be a 30-year line cook? Nice. Like, okay, chef. I know, chef. Yeah, 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 yeah. And at the time, um, I think it was uh, maybe about a year later, he had um, uh, two sous chefs because he was actually helping out at Jumpin' Jays, too. Mm-hmm. So he's at Vita a couple. I think he was at Dos Amigos for a while too, wasn't he? He was. That was more recently, but like during this this time of like the 20, 2016, 15, 16 era, you know, Jay had asked him to help out at Jumping Jays a little bit too. So he had to he split his time up. You know, like that's hard on him. Like you're just inheriting your baby right now, and then now you're asked to go somewhere else too. So you're doing both things. So yeah. he had two sous chefs and all that stuff, and. um I think it's when he when he split off. He's like, okay, I need a chef de cuisine. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, and we're in the whole, you know, um, you prep in, laughing, talking about sports like we always do. Yeah, f the Lakers, f the Rockets, <laughs> this, this, and that. And um, I was like, hey man, I didn't know you were giving out CDCs. You know, I just said it to him casually, like with a smile on my face, like sous chef, sous chef, cool. But I didn't know you were giving out chef de cuisines. And I saw his eyes kind of 
light up a little bit. You know what I mean? And um, he's like, "You just told me you wanted a paycheck." Yeah, well, <laughs> well, because earlier, like, you know, when I he gave me the position of a butcher position, you know, so I do all I come in at seven a.m. and do all the proteins nice. for him, break down the bellies, cure the bellies, confit them, this, this, and that, you know. And then, like a month later, I, you know, because to to set your schedule up with the child, you know what I mean? Like, it's not just you and your wife; it's like grandma too. Like, you're messing yeah. with everybody's schedules. Like, I just had this all in place. Like, I can't do it right now. When he yeah. asked me to be the sous chef, you know, yeah, it's like I just can't right now. You know what I mean? Like, I I'm flattered. I appreciate the opportunity, whatever. So another year rolls around, and he gave out a CBC to somebody, and I was just like, okay, wow, okay, he's giving out CBCs now, man. Like that's 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 one tier up right there you know so i told him I, you know i looked at him i said i didn't know you were giving out cbc's you know and uh, his eyes buckled and a month later he sat me down he's like you want to be the chef de cuisine here and i talked to my wife about it. i was like absolutely yeah you know what i mean like Has, did he ever have the conversation with you about what he saw in you and why he valued you uh yeah absolutely i mean he saw my hard work every day you know he saw that i could you know come up with specials and things like that i mean you know, coming from Evan, you know, coming from Jethro, yeah. like he saw that I was, you know, I wasn't stagnant. I wasn't lazy. Whatever's asked for me, I'm going to do it. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying anybody else there was, but like I, just a hard worker, man. Like I just, I don't have much to my name, but my hard work, you know what I mean? Yeah. My name's kind of shot the shit, but so my hard work <laughs> is what I, you know, I pride myself on, you know what I mean? Right. Um, um, but he never said like, Hey, like you're getting this opportunity because I mean, he did definitely like, I want you. He wanted me. Like, I want you. And I did. You, did you say why? I, I, uh, yeah. I mean, maybe not in words, but just kind of like our daily conversations just and stuff like that. Yeah. It may not sit down. Here's a list I'm going to write out for you. Yeah. But he definitely saw, like, I want you. Like, mm-hmm. if I'm not going to be here, I want you to be the one that's here yeah. for me right now. You know so what this saying? is around the time. I mean, if you're, if you're Chef D Cuisine, this is around the yeah. time you're starting to learn about the business. The business. You're not just that's cooking a tough anymore. Thing. That's a tough. You're not just coming in in the morning. This, is, just this, the is, cook. this is May 2016. So, um, and, and yeah, it was, um, it was, uh, I, I worked hard, but then you have the other element of managing people. Mm. And that was the toughest thing. And that's one big thing that he, as my mentor, has really taught me, you know, you can manage people, a business all on the same line, but he taught me how you have to manage the individual person. You know what I mean? Like yep. I have to approach this person different than I approach that person to yeah. still get my point across of what I need both of you guys to do. Yeah. But I can't approach you guys both the same ways, almost like a chameleon. You mm-hmm. have to like, and I think that's very important. He you taught know? you that. He taught me that people don't, people don't react the same to how you're going to come off at them. You know what I mean? Like you have to know your staff and you yeah. have to know the way some people you have to kind of hold your, their hand when you tell them like what you need from them. Some people you can be straight up blunt with it. Yep. Like you can't just like, it's not a, it's, gonna, gr- it's gray. It's yeah. not black and white. Man. And he taught me that. And that was the hardest thing for me to How'd do. How'd you overcome it? Um, with his guidance, man, yeah. you know what I mean? With him in my corner, you know, talking to me, you know what I mean? It was hard as shit at first. Dude. Without like, mentioning names, give me an example of somebody that was hard for you to lead that you went to him and said, I'm struggling. Like what, what advice do you have for me? How do I do this? Um, just, you know, someone who's older than me, Yeah, you know what I mean? I don't want this younger kid telling me like what to do or whatnot, you know what I'm saying? So how do you approach that? You know, you sit him down like, Hey, you know, and like, Call it the compliment sandwich, you know. First, yeah. <laughs> you leave with like, dude, I love you having you here, like, you know, blah 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 blah. You and know I'd what I mean? Like, even more if, <laughs> but but yeah. I need you, like, if you could really help me out, like, it would really help me out a lot if you could do this. You know what I'm saying? And then follow it back up with like, 
let you know that like I appreciate everything you do. You know what yeah. I mean? He taught me that compliment yeah. sandwich kind of thing, and I, I think it. that was a great approach right there. It. You know I what I mean? It. I almost want to eat that compliment. So he taught you about right leadership. He taught you that you had to match people where they're at. What about like what, any other lessons on on leadership that stand out or? What about business in general? Oh, numbers, numbers, numbers. Okay, food what do, costs, what do you, you know, numbers? cost of good, you know what I mean? Your cogs, everything like that. You know what I mean? Like every month we'd sit down with the numbers like, okay, this is what our labor cost is at. You know, how can we cut this down? You know, um, our food costs, you know, liquor costs wasn't really our thing at that time. But like, how can we help them out too? You know, like what do we have in here? That they can use a drink out of, you know, is it a mm. carrot? You know what I mean? Can you juice a carrot and make a nice little mezcal? What's that do when you that? start using things from back of house and front of house? How's that? It's fucking awesome. How man. Does it, it just, does it affect the bottom line? It doesn't affect it. It improves the bottom line because now you're not wasting anything. You know what I mean? And you're helping out the whole team at once. You know okay. what I'm saying? You're not just worried about your food costs. You're also helping the bar out too. Give me some next like level shit that he taught you that is it's it's out there, yeah. but it's not necessarily in all kitchens that's getting done as far as managing the numbers, as far as using technology to to manage something. Or is there anything like that that comes a lot that comes to mind? And maybe it might not be next level shit because you guys are, I mean, it might not feel like it too because of the law of relativity. I don't think it's like a next level shit. I just think it's him harping, like being on me every day, calling me every day, being on my ass every day in a good way. You know what I'm saying? Okay, let's get into that. Like what, what is that? Paint the picture of getting on your shit in a good way. Uh, My energy. Energy would be the first one. Um, Great stories. I remember, you know, he went on vacation, rightfully so. He's busted his ass here or whatever. Um, comes back from vacation. We go to New York to do food and wine. And then we both have the Monday off, you know, after he did the weekend of food and wine. Took Monday off. I took Monday off. And then we come back Tuesday and he's doing a pop up at, uh, Tinius. Yep. You know, when Mark Siegel yep, was there yep. or whatnot. And so, um, I come in Tuesday morning with them, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, fuck, man, the rice wasn't put away properly. This wasn't put away properly. I just fucking busted my ass fucking nine days straight, and I was pissed. Like, and you could see how pissed I was, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, I was not, I'm not a slammer or anything like that, but I was just like, fucking, I'm mad. Again, competitive. I'm just fucking pissed. <laughs> like, just busting my ass, and you guys had the slowest Monday ever, and like, you can't put your shit away, you know what I'm saying? And he was so mad at me, dude. I remember. You know, he he didn't he didn't approach me then. You know, what I'm saying he went to go do his pop up. Then he called me at the end of the night. And he's like, "Hey, wait there, don't go home yet. I want to talk to you." You know, Ooh. and I was like, "Okay, okay, cool." You know, what I'm saying, yeah. And we sat inside. Everybody else was gone. We sat in the booth and we went back and forth at the at each other. You know, what I'm saying about energy. You know, like my food sucked tonight at Tinius because I was so pissed at you with your energy. And I was like, that has nothing to do with me. And we get back and forth on it, la la la. But then at the end of the day, he's like your approach is wrong. You know what I mean? Like you can't stomp around here and be upset all day because your staff's going to feel your energy. And that's just going to be a shitty ass day for my restaurant. You know what I'm saying? If you have a problem with what happened yesterday, why don't you reach out to the person who was in charge yesterday and just have a civilized conversation with them kind of deal. That's how you handle it. And that relieves the pressure off your shoulders too. Yeah. If they accept it and they understand, yo, I'm sorry, chef, whatever, then like, then you move forward with it. If they're, pig-headed about it then you take a different approach with it after that too but like listening to that and having him scream in my face right you know from where we're sitting right yeah. now you know what i mean and like and he had all the right to again yeah. you know at this time i'm like 27 you know what i mean like and again i think the the underlying message here is you have to be able and that's probably why his eyes lit up when you said hey chef you handing out cdc's yeah. because he knew that he he probably could communicate with you in the way he had to yeah to 
to move like to to run a business because he could be direct because he could say right. what's and not everybody like right. you mentioned earlier not everybody's the same exact way but sometimes right. you just need somebody who's second in command who you can get to the fucking point with and I went because home you don't have time and I went home so pissed after that I was like I didn't do anything wrong like I'm yeah. fucking here busting my ass you know what I mean like why what did I do wrong and it took a couple of days to be like you know what like. Shit, I understand what he's saying. You that know was saying? my next question. You know what I mean? Like, shit, that's what I, I understand what he's saying. <laughs> so, like, what did you do wrong in reflection in the manual? What are I did today? wrong was I yeah. stomped around with a fucking like a little asshole all day long. You know, like mad and people, hey, what's going on, chef? I'm good, fine. You know what I mean? Like, that's not a way to go approach service. You so, know what the same saying? situation happens in uh, December of 2020. Same exact thing happens. Yep. What are you doing? You pull somebody aside and you have a ab- adult conversation with them, and you just talk to them normally, like. Hey, I just want to let you know, like, you know, you didn't do this, this, that, like. Is there a reason why? Are you okay? Did something happen? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what was wrong last night? Like, yeah. is it okay? You know what I mean? Like, and you just have a civilized conversation with somebody instead of being passive aggressive and stomping your feet like that. Yeah. And, it's, the, and, it's, and it's like, okay, this is this is what you did. This yep. is the standard. Thank you, Evan Hennessy. Yep. And throw that shit in the trash. Right, right. For because sure. Because we're bringing it back to what the expectation is to what the standard Definitely. is. And then you're not correcting the person. You're correcting th- the action. Right, right, exactly. You're bringing it exactly. back. And for it's sure. that constant gentle pressure. Man, yep. Danny Meyer has been getting some love from me the past couple days. Mm-hmm. But it's that constant gentle pressure of like this isn't – you're just bringing things back to standard. And it's never – it's always going to drift. Yep. You can't lose your shit because it's not worth it. Right. You're going to drive yourself crazy and you're going to bring down the energy of the team when you do shit like that. Definitely. I love it. Thank you for getting into that. Yeah, for sure. So <clears throat> the year is 2016. Shefty, yeah. Shefty Cuisine. Um, What year did Ornell's open? We opened uh, March 22nd, 2018. 2018. So, so two 20, years later. 2016 was a big year for Vita too because yeah. – we filmed um, Triple D with Guy Ferrari yeah. um, in May, and then it aired on November 4th, 2016. And from then, it was Off just... Off the races. <laughs> man, dude, you don't... You know, it was it was you crazy. Found sixth gear. You know, you get Phantom Gourmet, and like sometimes they'll be like, hey, we're going to show your episode you know, tomorrow. But like Phantom... Uh, Food Network and, and, and Triple D, like, they're too big for that. They're not going to be like, hey, we're going to air your episode tomorrow. So like all of a sudden, you get phone calls at like 11 o'clock. You, 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 you go in the next day and like... I need a pig head. I want a pig head. I want a pig head. And like, from then on, man, it it just took off. It was a beautiful thing to see. You know what I'm saying? And like, we crushed it, man. We we crushed it that next year. And and they're still crushing it to this day. Like that was such a big boost. From 2016 to 2018, any moments of transformation, any moments of growth, any moments of you fucking up? Oh, of course. There's a big fuck up in between there. Um Getting in trouble with the law. I fought the law and the law won, for sure. Yeah. Um, 2017. Um, you didn't learn your lesson, man? I know, right? Come on. You know, I, you know, <laughs> I didn't tell my, my wife, yeah, you know, it's it's crazy. So uh, 2017, um, still grinding, you know, obviously, like we said, fan, um, Triple D aired in November of 2016. So that whole momentum through the winter all the way carried over, you know, so we're busy. I'm grinding. Long hours, doubles, 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 you know, because Chef's at Jumpin' Jays, too, at this time. And he's still there, too, and he's still – we're talking every day, and my yep. guy. Um, he just let me really run with it, which I really am, appreciate him doing that, you know. He would he would order, like – he's great with the community and farms, and all yep. of a sudden it would be like – 10 pounds of daikon radish or whatever. You know, all this stuff would come in and be like, okay, what do I do with it? You know what I mean? Like, and that was, it's a challenge. That was a yeah. good challenge. You know what I mean? That's game. growth right there. Yeah. Like, 
you gonna let go bad you know it's your food cost right there you know what i mean and that was like pushing me yeah um and it was awesome so um 2017 in may you know i I, uh at that time i was you know still smoking weed here and there and i uh right before service um you know i go out smoke whatever and all of a sudden a big truck rolls up next to me with like four dudes in it and i was like okay roll the windows up go back inside we opened at four, you know, I was like, cool, yeah. all right, let's, uh, let's get my mental mise en place on. Let's go. Let's grind. You know what I'm saying? Next thing I know, Dwayne Johnson walks in the kitchen with a big old badge on his stomach, like, come out here and talk to me right now. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yes, sir. I ain't gonna, I mean, what the fuck am I going to do? You know what I mean? And, um, at that point in 2017, they had this big thing in New Hampshire where they're like busting for like fentanyl or like heroin, yeah. you know, the opiate thing like that. Like, yeah. where's the heroin at? I was like, sir, I don't have any. I was just smoking weed man like sorry yeah. you know this is i that. remember that was a hard like like new hampshire i can't remember what getting, they called the task force or whatever well, there were a lot of people getting into some heavy shit and we were right vita's right next to salvation army so i'm sure they were at yeah. the salvation army and they saw a little kid get in his car yeah rope down a bowl and they're like be lined it over there you know what i'm saying and um so that uh yeah so anyway so they take me outside and like cool you know like i don't care about the weed where's the fentanyl i'm like sir i don't i've never touched that before like i don't know you know no one in my staff does that like yeah we would know if they did and they wouldn't be allowed here kind of deal yeah okay cool man well you, that's cool can I, you care if i search your car my dumb ass yeah go for it you know what i mean one adderall in there for sure oh my you know gosh. at that point i was working so much i was like i started dabbling back into it a little bit like cool like Dude, I keep, swear keep me God, going keep me I, going i have never had a fucking person on my show mention adderall well, in 760 no hear me out man hear me out dude in 700 and 770 episodes yeah until yesterday morning where i talked to somebody who had an yeah. adderall addiction yeah and in less than 24 hours, yep. you know, I'm just saying like with the odds of that are well, the crazy. Funny so thing you're not was, alone. The funny thing the was, is like, it was like in high school, it was like your buddy had Adderall. You got a, you got a big exam tomorrow. Like, let me have one. I'll stay up all night and study or whatever. And I didn't touch the thing for 10, 12 years, you know? And then all of a sudden working a lot, you know, I got a hold of it again. And I was like, yeah, dude, now I can fucking crush I grew up shit. on Adderall, dude. Yeah. So like, you, <laughs> I hear you. No. Yeah. Like, but I didn't, t- cause the first time I ever took it. Um, in school, I didn't eat anything. You know what I mean? I uh, like also a, the skinniest I, I took, I've ever been on. Yeah, Adderall. I took a whole one. I was like, I can't eat. I'm like feeling like uh like that. You know what I yeah. mean? And like, so when I took it again. I was like, wow, like I can fucking power through this shit. I can multitask. It's definitely a game changer. Like, like a motherfucker. I yeah, can. I will I, stay here later than all you guys. I will. I will organize the fucking. There is walk-in. zero judgment coming. From I will. Here. No, I hear you. But I'm just saying, like, I will organize the walk in. I will make sure this shit's perfect. You know what but, I mean? I mean, it could be worse. Like there are people that get addicted to that shit. Right. I would say I was probably borderline addicted to it too. And then like, for, I mean, I don't mind talking about this shit now, but like yeah. I became, I was a commercial pilot yeah. and I wouldn't have graduated if I didn't have Adderall. Right. Side note, it's illegal for pilots to take Adderall. Right. So shit. I was risking my whole career. I want career. my pilot on Adderall. That exactly. I'd probably, yeah. right <laughs> no, no, um, um, no, but the thing is like, like some t- if you grow up taking it, you get into your mind that I can't be successful if I don't have this. Right. Because you think that your success is coming from the drug right. and, and it's, and it helps. Yeah, I mean, you can't argue that. I mean, you're, you're on meth. Like, it's gonna like make you like, right. work. Grind, and they yeah. gave it to soldiers. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, the sure. shit does. It works. Right. Definitely. Um, but I mean, I'm not judging you. Yeah. Um, but sorry, pick up the story. So he yeah. finds that one Adderall. So yeah, finds one Adderall. Um, it's another backstory which this sucks here. 
was my wedding anniversary, by the way. Oh, the day uh, of? The day of. Usually You're I still take, married? Usually, I'm still married. <laughs> God bless my wife. I Usually I would take the day off, but everybody went to go see this band called The Growlers that night. So you honor what we do. You know, you, you put it on the schedule. We all need this day off. Yeah. And then, you know, chefs at Jump a J, so, like, I, I'm not going to be like, I need this day off. You're like, cool, we'll celebrate our anniversary the next day or whatever. So so I lie to the guy, you know, do you have a prescription for us? Oh, yeah, 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 I got it. You know what I'm saying? And uh, where's your bottle? I was like, oh, I don't carry my bottle, sir. You know, like that. Uh, last time it got stolen, you know, I just bring a couple here. Like, bring it back to the station tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, cool. So I got to go back to work and work that night. You know what I'm saying? And um, got a lawyer, all that stuff. And uh, nothing happened. And all of a sudden, like in December. How, when did this happen? Uh, this was May 17, 2017. May to December. So December 1st, December 1st, 4th, 2017. So like eight months after? Portsmouth, Port you know, my lawyer even tells the guy like, hey, if you ever need him to turn himself in, like just call me, whatever, blah, 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 blah. May, May December 1st, 4th, whatever it was, Portsmouth does this big task force bust where they grab seven, eight guys, you know, that must have had warrants out and I'm one of them, you know. Blasted. How'd you have a warrant out if you... Because I, I, you got, I, I never you got, turned in my, I never oh, had a prescription. I lied about it, you okay. know, because it's my fucking wedding anniversary. If I don't come home tonight for my wedding anniversary, yeah, I'm fucked. You know yeah. what I mean? Which was probably not the right approach, you know, but like yeah. whatever. So, and then, yeah, that day in December, they bust like eight people. I'm actually cooking on the line, making tacos at Vita and they take me out of there and this, this and that. And that was, you talk about the low point of your career. That was a low yeah. point of my career. And I had Chef Vargas there. Chef Vargas, my fucking guy, was like, don't bring him out the front door. Like, you bring him out the back door. That's a respectful man right there, right there. And I'll fucking, you know, love, I, love I love him for that. Right not there. to like, dude, that, that, I, I love that. Um, But not to get too personal, but take us to where you were in that moment. When this was going um, so I knew from, from May to December, I was fucking scared of shit, man. Losing sleep, my wife, like, you know. We no, got, when they when they came in and pulled you out, and when you were when you were in, cops, I kind of felt like it was from, coming. You know yeah. what I mean? But like it sucked. You know, at this point, um, my wife had just got pregnant with our son Houston in September, so I had a child on the way. So it's like you talk about rock bottom again. You know, I had yeah. rock bottom in high school, but this is more because I'm trying to establish a career for myself, and then this hits. You know what I mean? And um. Yeah, going through the whole motions of going to court and stuff like that, and uh, felt like it was such a piece of shit. But my wife stood by my side. You know, what I mean, yeah. she's always told me if it ever happens again, I'm out. You know what I mean? So yeah. now I'm keep my nose clean. You know Good what I mean? You, and um, but you know, you talk about one of your questions, like biggest struggle of your career. So this is December um, of seventeen. We're opening Ornell's May. Uh, excuse me, March of twenty eighteen. Yeah. And I have a son due May of 2018 as well. So you already well. know that you're going to get your own restaurant at this point. At this point, I do. Yeah. 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 It might have been a couple of weeks later because we started experimenting more barbecue. You know, I have a background in Texas with it. Yeah. And we started doing um, barbecue Fridays at, at Vita. You know what I mean? So we'd a brisket, half chicken, so sausage links. Not to pull off the subject of like yeah. where you were and like how you bounce back from that. Right. But I think actually we'll come back to that. Finish yeah, your for sure. Um, so just like. So, yeah, so going into opening a new restaurant, you know, having this court case over my head, knowing a child's on the way here, too. It was just like, uh, like, how do you shake that? How do you stay awake at night? You know, how do you sleep at night? Excuse me, not to say that. Yeah. And um, one thing I was saying, I actually really dwelled on it last night a lot, is that, you know, Jay didn't find out right away. Jay knew uh, a couple months later. Chef always knew. 
And the fact that those guys didn't give up on me, like the fact that they could have easily been like, yo, this is a bad image, especially for Jay. Like, yeah. look at him in the community. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and Chef Argus, too. Like, they could have easily been like, cool, we already bought the place. Like, Dude, we'll, we'll, to- we'll put an ad out and find another person to run some barbecue yeah. game here. But the fact that they stuck by my side in my corner and supported me because they knew my character. Yeah. They, that was a slip up, but they knew my character as a person. Yeah. Um, that's when I said you gonna make me cry, like, cause that shit, like, when I dwelled on it last night, I was like, God damn, dude, they could have, they could have got rid of me, so, like, yeah, like, but dude, I mean, I'm I think sorry. that's the, that's the thing, though, man. Like, it, everything accumulates, everything builds up, it, yeah. and people are are judging you for the accumu- the collective of who you are, and people right. fuck up, people make mistakes, right? But that's why it's so important to show up every day and treat it like you own it and hustle, and, for sure. And, and people see that, they appreciate that, and dude, let's be honest, you had some weed in. in Adderall, yeah. something that you can get you. from your fucking doctor yeah. and your neighbor. Yeah, you know what I'm sure, saying? Yeah, like, for sure. like it. There's worse things that could have come. Definitely. You could have been like selling like crack to your right. dishwasher. They took my Red Sox tickets too. <laughs> Chef gave me two Red Sox tickets. They <laughs> like, took those too, man. That like, me off. I man. mean, I'm not. I don't want to like undermine like breaking the law. Definitely, but like, for sure. Let's keep in mind: three years later, it's legal in every surrounding state. You right. know what I mean? Like. Right. And it kind of is bullshit, in my opinion. And when I was researching you, you type your name into Google. The first thing that pops, pops up, up is yeah. William Mishka yeah. arrested for drug possession. Right. right. And how fucked up is that? That that's right. the world we you live in. The worst part about that article was, too, is that I had a fucking baby. I'm just poor as shit at that time. I had a baby gram of weed. And, like, the guy above me had, like, a quarter uh, quarter ounce or quarter pound. They double tight that like he had a quarter pound I of weed and all that i was like dude i had a fucking gram i, I was thinking to myself I even, no, I even no talk, joke no i was like homie knows the the, the power no. of buying in bulk no <laughs> dude, I, I didn't dude i literally had a lunchbox that would keep my little pipe in and a little baby gram of weed in there and i even talked to my lawyer i was like dude is there a way like we can at least make this right and just say like he had a gram of weed or whatever he's like yeah but that's going through so many jumps they're gonna reprint the article this this that and i was like all right fuck it so yeah. like i didn't have fucking th- i couldn't afford that fucking much shit yeah. you know what i'm saying yeah. so, this is restaurant unstoppable I'm not yeah. telling you to break the law. Yeah. But I am saying, like, buy in bulk. <laughs> buy in bulk. I'm kidding. I'm yeah. kidding. Get a pound. Oh, here, um, there you go. No. no like, it's, like, you could have done a lot worse. You know what I'm saying? Um, for and, sure. and I think that they, they probably saw that too. It's, you yeah. know, it's not good for the brand, but at the same time, especially when you're opening a new restaurant, what you man. have done outweighed that little shit. And the way, the way that they saw that, saw through that, you know what I mean? Like, Chef, I mean, like I said, we went side by side at this point for, you know, three, four years, you know, but even Jay just seeing that, you know, he could be like, whoa, I'm way too involved in this community and I could just, you know, yeah. like, hey, we got to, you know, you put, a, put a Craigslist ad out, we'll find five people and we'll hire one. Do, he didn't, he stayed in my corner, man. Exactly. And you I know fucking, what? That I'm says more, to them forever, that says more about being there for your community than for it sure. does about kicking you out because it, you I'm, did something I'm real telling you, I, I'm, And that's why he is where he is because yeah. it's about relationships. Yeah. It's about standing behind your people. It's about giving people second chances. Yeah, definitely. You know what I mean? And that's why he's at the top. You know what he said? He's like, just next time that shit happens, I want to know about it. Just tell me. You know yeah, what I mean? But yeah. like, you know, I didn't want anybody to know about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I was, I fought out on my own. You're I didn't nervous. ask for any help. Yeah. I, yeah, absolutely. You know, but the fact that, you know, they just said, you know, they, they let me keep doing my thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. They never pulled the plug on me. Like, So what did you learn if out of all that? What was the biggest loyalty? Takeaway? Yeah. Fucking loyalty, man. Yeah. Like those guys were just, they had my back. Man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's something beautiful. You know, if you're my, listening to this, my family had my back, but they yeah. had my back. dude. Yeah. Like, if you're listening to this people that you're responsible for are going to mess up, right? 
have their back, be there for them. Because if, if you're not there, what would have happened to you? If you if you lost your job and all these other things happened, Fuck where I, would you be right now? I don't know. I didn't know, cook, you know, cooking eggs. I'm sure you would have figured shit. it out, but you would yeah, have been you would have been delayed five years. Definitely, you know, absolutely, um, it wouldn't be where I'm at now. You yeah, know what I mean? Exactly. So like, it, um, just not to beat into the ground, dead horse to the ground, but I just can't take them enough for yeah. sticking by my and side. Here you are, you know, what three years later? Yep, and they're getting their names are only being lifted higher. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's what happens when you have people's backs. Yeah. Um, back to the story. We unpackaged that. I think we can get away from it. Yep. Um, back to um, before this, a few months before this all went down, like you were propositioned to open your own place. Right. Take us to how that, how, how the, the, this opportunity of Ornell's happened. For That's you. crazy. Um, so yeah, chef sat me down and they first, they talked about opening up maybe another Vita in Portland or whatever. And I was like, yeah, cool. I don't know if I want to commute to Portland, but and he was just like, I just want to know how invested you are in this company, you know, Chef was. And I was like, I have no other opportunity. Like, I'm here, man. I'm here for you. I've been here for you. Like, I see how other people grow, you know. Like, Dagan got his brewery from Liar's Bench. Like, I see how the opportunities go. Like, I'm here to put in my hard work till I get my opportunity, you know. Yep. And when we talked about barbecue, and we're like, all right, let's fucking do it. So every Friday, like I said, for two months straight, excuse me, um, we kept doing the um, – in a barbecue Fridays, you know, mm-hmm. so we kept, you know, trial and error, man. I must have, some of them briskets might not have been good. Some might have been good. You know what I mean? But like chicken. Well, yeah, but, but I, what I love this approach, the reason why I'm excited about it, because I didn't know that um, you guys were using um, Vita Cantina as a an area or a place to, to, to do market research. Absolutely. We just had a little. It's essentially your own little pop up, yeah, right? We had and a, I love that approach. It's so smart. Like yes, if, sir. Like if you know that there's a space about to be available and you're grooming somebody to. In your, within your team to take over that space as a partner, right? Um, t- market research. Use your do yeah. a, do a pop up within your space. Figure out the recipes. Absolutely. Get create awareness. Develop a brand. Right. All the stuff. So start putting it out there. Start creating a buzz. Right. Right. Were you guys doing stuff like that? Were you Were you putting it out there? Were you letting people know? Oh, we were letting people know social media wise. You know yeah. what I mean. But like even before that, where I was the butcher there, you know, like I gained a lot of knowledge on trimming different things. Yeah. You know. Um, and yeah, so playing around with the smoker, we smoke our own bacon for, um, it was a Traeger, but we smoke our own bacon for brunch, stuff like that. You know what I mean? So I was starting to dive more into that smoke stuff and kind of that passion was growing a little bit more that I had from back home. And, um, yeah, man, it just, you know, people were loving it. We would sell out of those little barbecue dinners every Friday night and it was like, okay, cool. Now we're gonna, now let's all get in the car and let's go look at the space. You know what I'm saying? Which yep. is, which is really dope, which nice. is over my head, yeah. Like over my head, I was. I'm like a little kid, you know what I mean? Yeah. With these two guys, with Vargas and Jay in the car, like, you know, like Jay's like, "Well, can you do it?" And I'm like, "Yeah, absolutely, Jay. Like, I won't let you down, man." You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and I start telling him like, "We'll do turkey dinners for Thanksgiving, which we've done every year." I was like, you know, I went down, did all my research. I went, I yeah. did, went through the Aaron Franklin Tunnel. There you know, know what I mean? Everybody else, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Louis Mueller's. I went and learned every little trick I could yeah. do. You know, wrapping peach paper. Then in plastic, then in foil, I went trial and error, trial and error, more error than success until we locked it in. You know what I mean? And the hardest thing for me was writing recipes. You know, like we must have made 15 different barbecue sauces. You know what I mean? Well, like, it's, it's, barbecue is one of those things that it's not just a bunch of ingredients. You also are playing with time and temperature. Absolutely. You know? absolutely. But yeah. even like the sides and stuff, even like the barbecue sauce to nail that down, you know, you're like... Uh, it needs a little bit more lemon juice in yeah. here, right there. And then you're like, also doing barbecue in New Hampshire, where for sure. barbecue in August isn't going to be the same approach as barbecue in January because 
all the variables of barbecuing in cold weather. Right, you know? right, like, for sure. I'm sure there is a bunch of curveballs. Which, which we around. lucked out there with the Southern Pride indoor smoker oh, that you? we okay. have. Yeah, so, SRG 400. So, nice. like, we have our own little hood vent kitchen back there. Good. So, that was a huge help to us nice. right there. But just marketing, rest, just getting the recipes down, man. You know, as a, as a chef, you're just like, I'm not a baker. Like, boom, add this, this, that. But now we have to dial up on a piece of paper yep. and whatnot. And um, I remember the day we came in here and we walked in, you know, and they both told me, like, don't say anything. You know, like. Don't do any talking, man. You're just coming in here. You know what I mean? Because, yeah. you know, you, you're working out your business stuff with the other previous owners of this building. So, like, yeah, dude, yes, sir, you know. Yeah. But looking around, you know, I was like, you know, seeing the aluminum siding, seeing all the wood and stuff like that. I was like, this this feels like a barbecue place. Like, That's it just funny. like. I, yeah, it does. You're reminding me of a GIF. Um, yeah. with a, them telling you like, don't say anything. Like stay, stay cool. I saw yeah. this gif, like literally like two days ago of a, a some restaurant broker posted it. Mm-hmm. Restaurant real estate broker posted it. And it's like when you, when you tell your client to, to act cool walking into a restaurant space yeah. and then the gift was some dude, like, like slapping high fives, like, like, roll, like running in, like yeah, he's yeah, super yeah. excited. Yep. It just made me think of that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> man. Yeah. They're like, and I'm like, listen to them. Like, yep, I ain't seen a goddamn thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Not to be, you know, Sorry if use I just, his I name in vain. I had no, no, I love it's that. Um, so yeah, so walking around, but like looking at like, as they're talking and negotiating or whatever, I'm like looking around like, this is fucking, this is a, this could be a barbecue restaurant. And then there's the front line when you walk in, you see the yeah. open kitchen, but there's also this, at the time, there's this other back kitchen that has another hood vent system and they had a, um, an oven with a six range burner on top. Yeah. I was like, dude, that could be an indoor smoker right there. Mm-hmm. Has a hood vent right under it. You know what I'm saying? Get a couple auto shams. We can make this happen. Yeah, man. And, and, uh, One thing we didn't talk about, and I'm really curious about it. Um, when did they say, when did they tell you, like, we want to open a restaurant with you? Um, Probably before I got arrested in December. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like in November? No. I mean, it was, it was like right around the time. I mean, it's kind of a blur now, man, because yeah. it all just hit What was me. that like to know that you were going to? It was the coolest feeling in the world, how do they? Man. How do they say it to you? Like, how do they, like deliver the news um really it was chef Hargis delivering the news you know what i mean like all your hard work like you know i saw this podcast with you like he wanted to create opportunity for me you know obviously he's a partner in this business too but like like what's next for you man you know what i mean like you've served your time here like you've shown me what you can do here i have all the faith and trust in the world and you like let's move let's let's give you your baby kind of deal now you know what i mean which again speaks volumes for him and um just hearing that was like shit like we're going through with this you know what i mean once once like we started selling out of those little the Friday barbecue dinners, it was like okay, you know what I mean. Like we can do this at a volume rate. Yeah, we're not gonna do it off a little offset smoker because you know what I mean. We need something bigger. But yeah. like, um, I don't know, man. It's, it's not to be sound stupid. It was a blur. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it just like what hits you? Like okay. really? Of That's, course. Yeah, I would love that. You know, For and, sure. and then we went through um, the company ham and we're picking out names of the the restaurant and you know we're talking about Oakland barbecue or. Um, um, uh, point and flat, you know what I mean? Like of the brisket, you have the flat, the point, and all yeah. this stuff. And then it was like Ornell's, you know, and like everybody voted on which one. And I just, I didn't want to say Ornell's just because I'm like, well, that's my grandma's name. I don't want to like, yeah, I appreciate this moment, but I want to be like, we're calling it my grandma's name. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like very humble. As much as I can, in my competitor and want to win all the time, I'm also humble too, a little yeah. too much. So like, and then everybody's like, no, dude, it's it's going to be Ornell's. You know what I'm well, saying? I love it. Two syllables. And the other thing I've learned in the show is that like, Something that's an extension of who you are, something that's personal, something yeah. that, you know, that 
you can identify with. Can't let grandma down. Yeah, man. And, and plus, I just feel like you're going to show up to a, a, a whole different level. Yeah, definitely. If, it, if, it, if you make a person, if yes, it sir. is an extension of who you are, and, if, if your DNA is imprinted on it. Right. And then it goes back to like all the Central Texas or even past Central Texas barbecue restaurants in Texas. They're all named after someone's name. Yeah. Terry Black's, you yeah. know, Franklin's Franklin. Barbecue, you know. Yeah. Uh, Mueller's, Louis yeah. Mueller's, you know Martin's, what I mean? Val- Valentina's, you know what I mean? Nashville, but I, I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? So it's like that. So it's like, okay, like we're not going to put Will Mishka's on here, you know what I mean? But like Ornell's, just that classic old school Texas yeah. too. Yeah. Two different names in one, you know yeah. what I mean? Ornell Mishka. So Smooth. it was like, it was cool, man. And, yeah. Uh, so two years into ownership now. Congratulations. Yep. Thank you. What have been the big, the biggest hurdles, biggest challenges in the past two years that you've had to get over that you didn't anticipate as an owner? In two years, or just this year, just, just the past in two years. years. Um, just growth, you know what I mean? Like how to, how to expand the business a lot, you know, how to keep managing the staff. I don't think that ever's changed, you know what I'm saying? Because we talked about earlier, he, Chef Vargas taught me a lot about managing the person and whatnot, but you're going to get a bunch of different people. So you yeah. got to continue to keep managing different people in different ways. Yeah. Uh, but, but growth of the business for sure. Getting our name out there. Um, what has worked for you? Getting your name out there. I don't want to be redundant and say social media and stuff like that. But okay, um, say social media, but give me an example of how you're using social media. Um, promo nights, okay. stuff like that. You know, um, one big thing is me is like, What's, um, what is a promo night? Uh, like public service industry Tuesday night. You know what okay. I mean? Um, how do you promote those nights? Uh, Instagram usually social media mm-hmm. or email blast as oh, well. What's an email blast? Uh, so people that come here, we get their email address oh, and we email blast, blast it off okay. to them. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, for that, sure. That, that southern, that southern, yeah. I'm chewing on my lips, <laughs> kind of stuff like that. Um, but you know, like we've a lot of those things that they haven't worked out. I remember our first year we did Western Wear Wednesday. Western, you know, you come in with your best Western attire and you get a gift card and that thing. Never popped off, you know what I mean? But that's okay, you know what yeah. I mean? Because we still, people still Dude, came in on Wednesday. when's the next one? I'm going to show up. Yeah, well, we kind of got rid of that one, uh, you know well, what I'm saying? Bring it back. You better There you go. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> on pop-ups, you know, we did a yeah. pop-up with Bad Lab Brewery, you know what I mean? Okay, that's, Pop-up that's, with Stoneface, like getting your getting okay. out there, like this, things like that. Pop-ups are huge. Why with breweries, pop- barbecue and beer, man. Why do you pop-ups know? work? Because you're 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 showing yourself to a whole new clientele that may yeah. not know about you, especially when you're new. It's a collaboration. You know? You're, you're so, coming together. You're taking two. These followers are now. Right. You got these followers, and we're bringing our shit together. Right. We're we're saying we put our stamp of approval. The people that know, like, and trust us. Hey, yep. guess what? No, like, and trust them too. Yep. And then you do, and you re, and you re- reciprocate. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Uh, that's a huge way. Like Bad Lab. I mean, you're in Summersworth, you know, right there. Like how many people know about Ornell's or even go out to Kittery to go eat, you know what yep. I mean? Or even know what Badger's Island is, you know yep. what I'm saying? Yep. Um, so doing things like that. Um, and I think it comes down to collaboration. And, it's, and it, this is why I think that you go so much further together, mm-hmm. right? You can look to the people that are, your neighbors down the street and you say, let's fucking bury those motherfuckers. Nah, or man. you can say, Hey, let's do a, let's do a collaboration. Let's do Absolutely. a pop up. Let's, yep. let's, let's take your whatever and let's throw it on our whatever. What, what do they say? What's the old saying? And I always, they make fun of me because I butcher my words and saying backwards all the time. It's my eighth grade Texas education, but it's uh <laughs> it's uh rising tides move sink sh- ships oh, all, or whatever. All boats rise with the tide. There you go. Something yeah. like that. See, I butchered that one. That's for all you got. There you You're go. Zach's going to love that one. But it's that saying though right there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's you true, come though. together and lift everybody up. There's man, truth you know to what I mean? Yeah. And when, and like when I talk about winning and stuff like that, it's not winning to defeat somebody else or another place. It's about the winning amongst ourselves. Yes. You know what I mean? And how we can grow within ourselves. I love you it. know what I mean? Uh, so we, 
uh, events, promotion has been one of your challenges. Yeah. These are the things you've learned. Anything else over the past two years? That's helped the growth? Yeah. Um, our packages, man, have been really great. So, what uh, do you mean by that? Um, Thanksgiving packages, smoked turkey, um, set price. I mean, this past year we did 80 of them. First year we did 28. Second year we did 46. This year we did 80. Probably did a lot more because of you know the COVID stuff. You're eating at home instead of going to a family feast. But all this different kind of marketing stuff. And we're blessed to have the marketing team there at One Middle Street in downtown Portsmouth. Um, started doing brunch. We do brunch in the off season. Um, barbecue brunch. You can get a, a Bloody Mary with burnt ends on it kind of deal. You know what I mean? Uh, yep. uh, brisket, eggs, Benedict, stuff like that. Like just how can you evolve and not stay stagnant, uh, so to say. You know I what I mean? Um, and then you can't swim against the tide. I remember when we first opened here, and Justin can tell you this, that we um, I didn't want cornbread on the menu. Because cornbread's more of like your deep south, more eastern yep. barbecue thing. You know, we're more fried okra, yep. coleslaw. We even do this like slaw that's like with carrots, potato mayonnaise, salad. and uh, potato salad, yep. carrots, mayonnaise, and raisins. Beans. Raisins in there. Pinto beans, yep. which we have. So yep. I was like, I want this menu to be cut and dry so we can stay true to who we are. We don't have post oak wood, but we get some awesome white oak wood uh, in Lebanon, Maine from Bruce yep. Kimball. Um, and I was like, so the first weekend we opened... Um, we got like five different inbox messages like, where the fuck's the cornbread? Why don't you guys have cornbread? You know? <laughs> so, right? You know? Sometimes and, you got to give the people what they want. And that's what we do. So like, yeah. so now we, we do a special menu every night. You know, we have our cut and dry menu, but we have a special menu. And, um, and cornbread's on there every night. And yeah. we sell so much damn cornbread. Jalapeno cheddar cornbread, you know, with the yeah. arable honey over the top. But that special menu too is very important. Um, it's an outlet for product you're sitting on you know not saying it's a bad product or whatever but it's also for the staff that you have to get creative yes come up with the special come up with the special because who wants to make potato salad every damn day and yeah. who wants to make pinto beans every day you've got you're you, gonna you're gonna lose staff you, you know what need, i mean you need an outlet for creativity and, and people yeah. are gonna leave again yeah. it's a revolving door in a restaurant we've been lucky enough to retain a lot of staff since we opened my my chef de cuisine zach cardona has been here since day one that's my brother right there but it gives you an opportunity come up with special. what do you want me to order pork belly cool Let's let's work on it together. What do you want to learn? What do you, you want to learn? Yeah, yeah, what can we do? You know what yeah. I mean? And it gives people an outlet to not be stagnant. And also, who knows, man? Like you might create something that's a hit. Who knows? It might yeah. find a home on the menu, permanent yeah. menu. You Absolutely. Know? You know? Well, or who knows? It could it be. It can't its touch own. this traditional menu, but it can hit that special menu. We well, can it can extend also, it. You it know? can also become its own thing for sure. You know, that could be somebody in, yes, on your team that invents something or brings something that's their passion. Yep. Now, guess what? We're gonna do pop ups around yep. this thing. Now, guess what? A new business op- or was available, a new locations available down the street. Let's do a whole like you know. I'm just I'm dreaming right no, now. No, for sure. No, I hear exactly what you're saying. It, Definitely. You know? Like we started, you know, how cheap lobster was over the summer. We started doing smoked lobster roll Fridays. Lobster was cheap this summer. Oh, lobster was cheap, man. We're talking. Damn, why we're was talking I in Texas? Five dollars. No, up here. Up no, here. but I was in Texas. Oh shit. Okay, yeah, I hear you. Um, like five bucks a pound, man. So we worked yeah. the local lobsterman across the water here. Um, five in Kittery. dollars a pound. Five dollars a pound, Dude, man. It was crazy. Some lobster was cheap. So, this so year, we, huh? yeah. I hope it stays cheap next year. No, actually, not, not for lobsterman. They need to make money. Yeah, I, yeah, I get yeah, that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But gas, we can keep that kind of yeah. streamlined. But um, so we started doing smoked lobster rolls every Friday, and the first Friday. 16 of them out within two hours that's so awesome. we did it all the way from may until october 1st or yeah. whatever and that was kind of our niche so know? this is something i don't get to do often yep but i'm gonna do it okay justin pull that seat over here real quick you gonna pull layers back on me here uh, yeah so i'm just curious i don't ever what, what's your what's your role here justin just and pull that mic right up over there Oh, the general manager talk to me about your boy over here will um how long have you worked here um i've been here actually since day one get closer to them pull closer. that thing right up to your face so new to Perfect. this. Perfect. 
Hello. Since day one. Since day one. Yeah. Two um, years ago. Yeah, for sure. We. Um, I actually met Will when I when he was working at Vita. I was the kind of new guy. Um, was working in the hotel industry. Didn't love it as much as I wanted to. And, yeah. Uh, you said some shit when I got here earlier. You were saying that like you, you just love this place. You just love you love Will. Yeah, no yeah. doubt. 100%. So what is it about working for Will? What's what's why are you sticking around? Um, I mean, geez, where do I start? Um, <laughs> don't, don't get him wrong. We fight like brothers all the time. <laughs> but, but that's a cool but that's thing. A yeah, thing. man. Yeah, uh, we definitely do. What, I mean, what's different about working here versus working at the hotel? Um, oh, my goodness. Are you kidding me? Like, for one, just the customer service side of things. If you have a great product that you can stand behind, um, you have great people that you're working for and um, – Underneath, I mean, it just goes hand in hand with a happy day at work every day. I mean, side note, I love how you were giving Will shit for being nervous earlier. Oh, come on. <laughs> we're going. I mean, he was nervous. And look at me. Now I'm shaking. Yeah. <laughs> How's it feel? It's uh, awful. So, so uh, what is it like, like, just, I don't know. There's one significant thing you can say about being here, being a part of this team. Um, the reason why you think it's successful, the reason why you're proud to be on this team, what is it? Uh, I mean, I definitely can't put it into a sentence, but I mean, just from knowing Will for the last few years and knowing his story, where he's grown up, I mean, I knew nothing about barbecue. Yeah. Nothing. We're New England kids, you know? We know lobster and scallops. So learning the ground from post Oakwood to the different size and everything, what's kind of traditional to Texas was huge and important for me to learn. Um, And then just the the story that Will has and everything, um, Jay... Chef Vargas yeah. can learn a lot from all of them. Yeah. Um, but daily basis, I come to work because, one, we have a crazy community that follows us. I mean, yeah. we're in Maine. Who would have ever thought you'd get barbecue Texas barbecue in, in on a little island in Maine? Yeah, right. <laughs> and um, just to see the community outreach that's been here since with us since day one um, is huge. Yeah. Um, it's kind of... Now, what about Will? Like, uh, What's one thing that you respect the most about Will? Drive. Easily, 100%. Give me that picture of what his drive is like. Give me an example of what drive I mean, looks like. You, you come in here, he's listening. He's Sometimes he's listening to some of the weirdest music alone, <laughs> early morning. Wait, no, that's not weird. Like, we, we, There's some different music. I mean, he's actually opened my eyes to a lot of different music. But you come in here early morning, he's grinding, working, prepping, all this stuff all by himself. And you just come in here, hey, what's up, chef? And like, it's like we're brothers again Like yeah. every morning. It's, Dude, how you doing? How was your night? How's yeah. your wife? This, that, and the other. Like. Um, just working alongside with Will has been probably one of the best people I've ever worked for in my life. I've had a long career in hospitality, uh, more so in the hotel side, but coming to restaurants and then working with this group and in this building every day is pretty cool. So what is it that you think is, is, is it that is weird because he's sitting right next to you. I know. I'm so sorry. Weird. I'm putting you on the spot right now. <laughs> um, you said it's one of the best people to work for. Um, and is, is it just the fact that you can have those conversations and you, and you can talk to him? And, and, and like, what is it that makes him, what is it about him and, and how he makes you feel? Yeah, we are, we are like, we, when he said we're like brothers, we are like, go back to when you're 12 years old running around the woods laughing about the dumbest stuff ever yeah. that like that's us. but you're gonna show up for your brother you know you love your brother you oh, know 100%. What I'm i mean and i think neither of us have brothers yeah so like this is kind of our brotherhood that we nice. never had that's so, awesome, dude. um awesome. but yeah i mean it's just i don't know i already forget your question this is no, I mean, this i'm putting is you on the spot but it was fun it was fun it's not every day i got to have the gm sitting in and watching the interview so i was like i want to put i mean i popped in and out okay i've been paying attention to service thank you yeah no one thing i'll say though that he doesn't want to say because he's very humble too um, is that 
what what was a big eye opener for me is I thought like, cool, you can have a good product and you can put good food out there and people will come. But that's not true at all. You know, people come here to see Justin. Yeah. And that blew my fucking mind. Right. Like, yeah, I'm telling you, like, there's this new um, Facebook group all called Seco Seats. You know, yeah. and someone said, hey, there was a little slip up on the order. Justin made it right, whatever. And there's fucking 100 comments. I love Justin. I love Justin. I love Justin. I told him, I was like, hey, don't let that go to your head, boy. Okay. Okay. You just gave <laughs> you know him something else to talk about, too. But I'm, but I'm saying, like, he... um. Like, I've seen people walk in the door. Is Justin here today? No, just it's today's day off. Turn around and walk right oh. out. Like, but no, uh, that speaks volumes for his hospitality. Like, he yep. is a teddy bear that people love and he can talk all day long. Like, what is it? Um, Moses and Aaron, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's yeah. uh, he's the one that talks on the one, whatever, yeah. you know what I mean? But like, I, I just never knew that about a restaurant that like, it, it's... The food could suck, and Justin can make it better just by the experience of getting to the talk to Justin. Business is all about and relationships. I, and, and me maybe being pig-headed about that, like, I never knew that. Yeah. I, I just never – I'm still growing and evolving. I'm yeah. young. And just, like, to see that this past year and a half of, like, holy shit, dude. Like, it is about Justin just as much as it is about me. Absolutely. It's a fucking cool thing. You Absolutely. know what I mean? I love you. You can't um, do it alone. It takes a team. You can't do it alone. I've loved this conversation. I can't believe it's we're almost at an, we're over an hour and almost we're Sorry recording to take time. up your time. No, yeah. man. You're, yeah. I, I want, if it was up to me, so, these would be three. I'd, I'd Joe Rogan the shit out of yeah, 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 I got to respect your time. No. Um, I ask all my guests before we wrap up. Yep. Um, you know, the mission statement again is to inspire, empower, and transform the industry. We do that by sharing the stories and making an example of people like yourself. Right. How have you personally transformed since the man you were, young man, 19 years old, to the man you are today? How have you transformed? Um, there's just there's just a bigger picture. Um, I have more responsibilities. I have more people I have to take care of in my life. And then you just have to grow the fuck up. Yeah. I think, and I think that's helped me of keep my nose clean and just um head down uh, balls to the wall man and just going for it you know what it. i mean i love it um, and, uh, thank and you. make no excuses <laughs> about anything i'm big on that you I know if you mess up man you own your excuse you know what i mean like i hate excuses like i don't know just like accepting responsibility for your actions i, I think is it, a man. key Great lessons, dude. Great lessons. And Justin, I'm sorry I made you spill water in your pants. That's okay. Um, <laughs> we're going to take one more quick break to thank our sponsors, and we'll be right back to bust out a true speed round. One of the biggest lessons I've learned hosting Restaurant Unstoppable is that it's impossible to be everything to everybody. You're better off being really good at what you already do well and partnering with those who compliment you. And I'll tell you right now, I am not the best resource out there for all things PDFs, templates, checklists, you name it. But I do know who the best is, and that is restaurantowner.com because they're constantly being recommended organically on the show. So instead of trying to compete with restaurantowner.com, I've decided to partner with restaurantowner.com. Right now, when you join Restaurant Unstoppable Network, you get six months access, free access to restaurantowner.com. And that includes their entire content library of PDFs, spreadsheets, checklists, templates, webinars, articles, the list goes on, and you also get access to Restaurant Startup and Growth Magazine, the digital copy. In addition, you get access to their e-training platform, which allows you, plus three of your managers and 30 of your employees to get access to it. Uh, it's it's incredible what they're doing. It's incredible that they're offering us this deal, and you're a knucklehead if you don't take advantage of it. So right now, Go to the show notes of this episode and join the network. You'll find a link to join for 30 days 
free on us, and you'll get that six months free to restaurantowner.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Seven Shifts. Seven Shifts is a modern labor management platform designed by restaurateurs for restaurateurs, and effective labor management is more important than ever to ensure your profitability and restaurant success. Trusted by over 400 restaurant professionals, Seven Shifts gives you the tools you need to streamline labor operations, communicate with your team, and retain your talent. Best of all, Seven Shifts integrates with the POS and payroll system you already use and trust like toast, turning labor into a competitive advantage for you and your business to get three months absolutely free. Head over to www.sevenshifts.com slash unstoppable. That's the number seven S H I F T S.com slash unstoppable to get three months of industry leading labor management for free. Get on it. We're back. And the first question I have for you is what is your it factor, a habit, a trait, a characteristic you believe most contributes to your success? Uh, to lay loose and uh, have fun with, with my staff. What, sure. is, what is your biggest weakness? Um, not being able to let go enough. Mm. Not going to say necessarily micromanaging, but just not being able to step away as much as I feel like I could. Yeah. Because uh, it's my baby. So I hear. I, um, I feel that. Uh, what's one question you ask or thing you look for when, when you're interviewing, growing your team? Uh, what are your goals in life? I love it, dude. So absolutely. Uh, plenty of examples of that too. I know we're speed rounding, but you know, yeah, we've had an actor come in here. You know what I mean? Um, you know, we like to tell him that we taught him how to act by trolling him for two summers straight. You know what I'm saying? Now he's in California. He's had a bit on SNL and stuff like nice. that. I got a an engineer here who's graduating this this semester. Now he, he fixes all of your shit. But he, no, he fell in love with this industry. He's front of the house and back of the house. And he's like, yeah, no, man, I, don't worry about that exam. I'll be in there. I'm like, no, dude, like, like this is what you go to school for. Like, this is yeah. more important. I can find you coverage. Like, yeah. it's about other people's goals. This is my dream. Yeah. And you need to know what, what, what are your are. dreams? Yeah. You know what I mean? I think that's a very important question. And how are you going to serve them in getting there? If you it, don't it's, know? it's almost like remember the Titans yep. when the, the big boy comes up to coach Boone, I'll never be in college. You yeah. know? And he's like, I want you to bring me a report card, you know, every semester, you know, I don't do that. But like, like, dude, don't, we'll figure something out here. But like, yeah. and I love you being here and you're an asset to the team, but don't follow the dreams that you want to achieve kind of deal. You I know what I mean? Dude. And that was instilled by me, by Chef, and all my other mentors. And this life, is why so. I love making the example of you and everybody that's a yeah. part of this great group. Man. And I, Justin's great about that, too, at the front of the house. You yeah. know what I mean? So I love it. Uh, what is one of your biggest challenges today? Um, you know, you could easily say, you know, the COVID challenge right now, especially in the winter months. Um, I don't know, man. Just... Uh, the COVID challenge? No. Um, just trying to throw shit at the wall and see what sticks right now. Yeah, like, what, what can, what can we do during that? Like, again, take out, cool, but, like, what other promos, what other things we can do? We're trying to do a barbecue and bubbles New Year's Eve package. Like, what can we do in January? Like, what's the next thing? Like, I told you about Western Wear Wednesday. It was yeah. a flop. Like, but you have to not be scared to take those chances. Yeah. And if they fail, you're still here. Yep. But, like, what are the other things? And that's what wraps around my mind at night. Like, what can we do next? Like, what's another cool thing you know what i mean like yep. i don't know so, sure, so, so that's a that's a struggle but it's a good struggle to have and share, to stay on. share one code of conduct or behavior you teach your team this is a core value a way to be a way to act oh punctuality for sure you need to be here on time Love absolutely it. if you're not on time you need to call me don't text me let me know you're going to be a little bit late and then uh 
you need to have a good attitude when you walk in here. You know what I'm saying? And if you, everybody has their off days, you try to tell people to check things at the door. They necessarily can't because, you know, some things yep. weigh heavier on people than not. Go take five minutes. You yep. know what I'm saying? Like, let's just like positive energy, positive attitudes. Because oh. if someone's negative, man, it brings the whole team down. Absolutely. And we're such a small business that we want. We want to just, we're family, man. You know what I'm saying? So I love it, dude. Um, uh, what is one uncommon standard of service you teach your team? Something that's common within the four walls of your business, but not common throughout the industry. Um, through our group, I mean, it's really instilled on me. It's three hellos, three goodbyes, especially thus from the open kitchen. Yeah. So when I'm, my head's done, I'm slicing. There's a guy behind me that says, Hey folks, how you doing tonight? You know, or when someone leaves, Hey, have a great night, you know, and bartender does it too. And so like, you almost, it could be over the top for some people. Sometimes you're, you're getting delivering like, it, you're getting three hellos like, Whoa, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know what yeah. I mean? But I think that goes a long way. It's not just hospitality, but it's, we're, we're, we're preaching Southern hospitality yes. too. Uh, um, what is one book that's a must read to make us a oh person? Oh my goodness. Um, David Goggins, um, can't hurt me. Can't hurt me. David Goggins. Can't hurt me. Absolutely. Um, master master your mind and defy the odds. I love it. He's a big Navy SEAL guy, but it's not about physical stuff. It's about mental. Yes. And and there's, he talks about the 40%, 20% is the easy corner of mommy's baby and you and, oh, it's okay. It's okay. We're all scared to get to that other 40% side to reach our potential. Yeah. Yeah, Failure, 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 failure. Dude, There's a light at the end. Behind every great restaurant's a great person. And that book, everybody should read that man's story, dude. I love it, It's fascinating. We'll be sure to link to it in the show notes. Uh, This is episode 771, if you want the link to that book. And what is one thing you feel restaurateurs don't do well enough or often enough? Um, I'm not going to downplay any... um, restaurant tours or anything like that i mean i think social media you know marketing for sure we're fortunate to have a great marketing group that i just inherited in the company another thing that we didn't and talk then, about but it came out in the other episodes i did with david and uh, i think maybe yeah. kate talked about it a little bit too that when you are a part of a restaurant group you might not be like if you're coming into a restaurant group and you're partnering with other people you might not own 100 percent of that restaurant yeah but you also, but you're getting access to all the assets Outlets, yes. that restaurant has, meaning not just the physical assets, right? Like the tangible, like but like the things, but the people. I couldn't imagine crunching all my invoices and paying my yeah. bills to my purveyors. I can send them to Stacy, who's a sweetheart at the office, yeah. and, and Morgan and Lauren and all of them help with all the promotions. And uh, having that outlet right there is just fucking it's, it's huge. weight off my shoulders, and I really appreciate them for that. Name one service you've outsourced to. So when I say service, I'm not necessarily talking about a technology but a person or a group of people that that you outsource to do a thing for you absolutely um shannon and rook at main meet down the road here we get our texas hot links from them sharon Um, and uh shannon and rook shannon and jerry main meet right here on the fourth side of kittery um when we first opened it was uh it was a big push by jay's like this is first restaurant in maine he's like we need to tie ourselves to the community some way yeah you know and chef already had chef already had a relationship (laughs) with um with uh, Rook from a meet. Um, and, um, you know, we would get stuff at Vita from him and like, yo, we want to develop a all beef sausage link. You know what I'm saying? That he sells exclusive, they sell exclusively to us. Yep. And um, it's been fire and they've yeah, been great. Man. And we just, we, we did a show, um, it's Aaron in January called Movable Feast on PBS. Nice. Where we go to main meet and talk to them and go to their butcher shop and stuff Dude, like I that. It. So it's fucking. They are awesome, man. That is awesome. Uh, what is one piece of technology you've adopted within the four walls of your business that's had a huge impact on communication, efficiency, profitability, anything along those lines? Yep. Um, I mean, this is, I mean, you could say the social media aspect, the Instagram, all that. Also, Toast. 
We switched our uh, POS system over to Toast, which has been huge for us with online ordering and things like that. And then I'm also going to give it up to the community. Like inside of Facebook during this pandemic, everybody's opened up their own Facebook pages like Seco Seats, um, Eric Levine, right? Yep. Um, you know, the Dover um, takeout one, the ports with one. And so they'll pick up. Do you your, know the names so I can make sure we tag them and, and let them know? Uh, it's up? it's uh, Dover. Uh, I can look them up. Um, Do- Dover has their own like restaurant group page. And yeah. so does the Portsmouth Eats. And then uh, Seacoast Eats is the big one. When Eric actually came in a couple of weeks ago. Nice. I, I missed him. But they do is they pull your Instagram stuff from what you post and they share it to a bigger audience nice. and yeah. that just gets you more in touch with the it's community the same thing collaborating it's like doing a, a yeah. social media pop-up but i'm so grateful for these people doing this stuff right here you know what i mean yeah. like you don't you didn't sign up or ask for it they just they pull your stuff and blast it and people say things on it um yeah seco seats yep that's that's the big one right there yeah. man nice um so he's gonna be getting some love from us um so uh this is the last question. Yeah. Actually, before I get into that last question, you did mention toast. Yep. Um, and if you guys are interested in switching to toast, if you haven't made the necessary changes in your business yet, I really hope you have. Yep. If you haven't, um, or if you're opening a restaurant, if you, you know, and toast is one of our sponsors, CPA, they're, they're paying us $2,500 for every new person that signs up with our link. And I'm splitting my commission with the owner. I'm going to give you after taxes about a thousand bucks. I'll send you a check for a thousand bucks. If you're interested in toast, head over to toasttab.com slash unstoppable and email me when you do. So I can, they can't give me your information and I really want to send you a check for a thousand dollars. So make sure you email me and so I can get you on that list and get you your check. And thank you for supporting the show. Uh, toast is the best. And I didn't tell you about toast for the, the record. No, no, These, I'm not, I'm not influencing the show. I no, promise we you guys. To, we I'm not walking into restaurants and looking to see what POS no. they use. And if they don't use, I'm toast, telling you, we use cake before and didn't even have two ply paper on it, man. And then we had to use square and we got toast last February and it made everything so much more streamlined online, order online order. ordering. We can sell our Christmas packages through the online order yeah. all 24 hours a day. So we'll yeah. come in the next morning and be like, you sold two at 3 AM. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it just, it's, it's they, a great platform. I, you know, they, it's, it's streamlined our summer so much. I love it's it, made dude. it awesome. I yeah. love it. Again, toasttab.com slash unstoppable. Thank you. Absolutely. This is the last question. It's okay. a doozy. Get ready for it. Yep. If you got the news, you're leaving this world tomorrow. All the, the memories of you, everything about you would be lost with your departure. Mm-hmm. With the exception of three pieces of wisdom that you could leave behind for the good of humanity and for your legacy, what would those pieces of wisdom be? Uh, mine would be life's not a dress rehearsal. One. So live in the moment and be able to take time and smell the roses for sure. What's two? Uh, two is going to say play to win, win, win. And I don't mean that to beat another person, but win at your goals and achieve your full potential in life. Dude, I love that. And I say all the time, I love to create win, win, win situations. So yeah. it's about you winning. It's about the other person winning. And it's about someone else winning. Yeah. And win amongst create, yourself. Yeah. Creating those win, win, you know? win situations. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Uh, and I think that was two, right? Yeah. The, so what's the third one? The third one's they're going to think is corny because I already told them to. I said, live, laugh, love. You know, Dude. but if you can't live and laugh and love, then what the hell are you going to do? You know what I mean? So. <laughs> did Justin give you a hard time? Everybody did back there. Wait, just <laughs> don't, don't say that one. Don't say that one. But I was like, shit, well, I have two good ones. But it's true, man. Like, if you're not laughing, you're not living, man. I and that's it, what we listen to music here and we have a good time. And I think that's. That's like we're cooking food, man. It's not yeah. brain surgery. Sure, you get stressful moments, but at the end of the day, like we're trying to make people happy, and it's food. 
you know. Chef Will Miska, I've loved this conversation. Me too, Eric. I'm uh, sorry. I, I, don't be sorry. Stall, man, you I stalled you up, it. man. And, dude, you're great, uh, man. You, know, I know you, brought, ta- you brought tears dude, to my eyes. You pulled back a, five that's layers, three. That's three people I made yeah, cry on the show. So, I need to do better. There you go. Um, you're a great interviewer, man. <laughs> Thank so you. I appreciate your time so much. Uh, there's a reason why Kate recommended you. There's a, there's yeah, a reason why awesome. David recommended you. Uh, sure. it, was a, it was a treat to have you here. And your community loves you, dude. And I can see why. So we wrap up every show. It's how I found you. We call people out. Who's yep. somebody you respect and admire and believe would make a great guest mentor like you made for us today? Oh, I think uh, I got two. Um, Jethro Lole, for sure, from uh, Restaurante Massimos. And right. He has a hell of a story to tell. I'm coming after you, man. Look out. Yeah, come after him. And then uh, Gary Kim. Gary you know, from Mr. Oh, Kim's as well. Yeah, so he did right. his pop-ups here. And he's have, he has a great story to tell. From I'd this, love to. I'd from love the start to. of Anju to yep. him going around, traveling around the world. What, they had the hashtag, where's Gary Kim? And, nice. and for now, him settling into his own place, I think. Uh, That's awesome. Two guys that would be great to talk to. Beautiful. Look out, sure. dudes. I'm coming after you. And let the folks at home know, how can we connect with you? Um, if we enjoyed your story, we resonated with you. Maybe yep. we want to come join your team. Maybe we want to work for you. What's the best way to connect? Uh, through social media or our website, you know, um, ornellsbarbecue.com. And your social media handle is... <laughs> we almost made it throughout the interview without destroying my equipment. <laughs> um, Ornell's BBQ. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's Ornell's not being edited BBQ. out. <laughs> or um, on Instagram, Ornell's BBQ. All right, beautiful. And um, we almost made it. Uh, yeah, I'm just kidding. I'm you guys are fine. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. Uh, there is no questioning. You are unstoppable unless there's a mic in front of you. You might break that. <laughs> There we go. Another episode wrapped up here at Restaurant Unstoppable. Will Mishka, thank you so much, dude. I really enjoyed connecting with you. Um, such a genuine, just warm-hearted individual and so young. And I don't know, man, you just have such a bright future. I'm, I'm so excited to, to follow you on your journey. What I really loved about today's episode is how real it was. What's one thing I pride myself about here at Restaurant Unstoppable is I think a lot of media publications put a lot of freaking fluff out there this industry has the realest mofos alive in it and they just get real they get vulnerable they share the good and the bad and the truth is i don't think i don't know man i i just want this podcast to be a real genuine reflection of the industry and we're not perfect we make mistakes we do stupid shit but i also think that's why we're so great because we live and we have a good time. Um, we don't always make the right decisions, but ultimately I think the majority of our decisions are the right ones. Right. And I just, that's, that's what I loved about today's chat is that, you know, you, you can make mistakes. You can fall on your ass, not just in business, but in life and you can get back up and you can make something of yourself. Um, and I think a lot of that comes from surrounding yourself with the right people. If this isn't an example of that, I don't know what else is. And I, you are the average of those you surround yourself with. And I think that's what pulled will off this path. He was on at a young age. He started, he got on the right teams. He, he, he found the right mentors and he got that guidance. He got the opportunity and that's what I'm, I'm pulling from this story. If you have people that are working for you, they're busting their ass, be their mentor, give them the opportunities, be a, be a different path and keep it real. You know, great stuff today. Thank you so much, Will, for coming on the show, for sharing your story and just being the truest version of yourself. Uh, It was a pleasure, an honor making an example of you. 
And don't forget, Will's joining us live in the network Tuesday. That's tomorrow, December 29th at 1.30 p.m. So head over to restaurantstoppable.com slash 770. Join the network and then join the conversation at 1.30 uh, tomorrow, a day after this episode goes live. And if you found value in today's show, please subscribe and share this sucker and tag me, Eric, at restaurantstoppable.com. All right, that's it. Thank you so much for sticking around this long. Until next time. Peace out.